everybody, and welcome to episode 359 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, still quarantined, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Eric M. Delaquila Memorial Studio. Who else is joining me? Eric's one of our patrons at patreon.com slash lasertime. I'm Chris Antista, happy to announce, I'm going to announce here on VGA the name of our brand new Patreon Star Wars show. Are you ready? Ooh. Are you ready? Sick of Star Wars, and hopefully we'll have it out <laughs> very, very soon. And that's that's with a big question mark. Sick Man, that might as well be like the documentary of my life for the past five years. Yeah. yeah. And who's our third chair? Since this music is driving everyone insane now. <laughs> uh, the lonely, the one and only Matthew Allen. I'd like to think it's a thera- it's a little therapy session for Star Wars fans of every stripe. Featuring my buddies uh, Adam and Jeremy, and it gets ugly and mean very fast and personal, and <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. And I want to try and um, it's it's huge at the moment, and I also don't know when we can record again due to the nature of what's happening to us all globally. So I'm thinking I want to try and get the first half up immediately, and I'm going to try and make that available for everyone at Patreon.com/LaserTime, whether you subscribe or don't. But uh, there's a, at least nine huge episodes about every Star Wars film and some bonus stuff in there for people who are kind enough to be patrons at the $5 level. You'll also get a weekly bonus show, including one this week, which might be about from the front lines of the Japanese, Chinese, and Korean uh, hot zone of the coronavirus. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and uh, we have done, we have a brand new uh, video game. Uh, 30 2010 video game stuff with you guys coming up very, very soon. But if you hadn't Yay. heard the Mario 3 Bioshock Sims one, please be sure to give that a listen. Thank yes. you. End of plug. I love you. Over 100 movie commentaries, and I really want to try and do a couple more while we're all in this situation together, you know? Oh, bop, thank bop. you. <laughs> uh, real quick. Also know as, as Sick of Star Wars, patreon.com yes. slash laser time. Bam! Um, by the way, your, your, your mention of, you know, kind of the circumstances and recording, that's a good opportunity for me just to quickly apologize in advance. So we are used to doing remote recordings, actually, in VGA. We do them all the time, because guess what? Chris lives across the country. But right now, I'm in a little bit different situation. Normally, I'm, I'm in the studio with Michael. I'm at my home studio in a garage. And so apologies in advance if you hear any bumps or water sh- turning on I'm, I'm near a water heater so apologies if you hear we'll try to, to edit most of that stuff out but you might hear it occasionally i, I know we're, my apologies the, the thing is i cringe when our audio quality maybe takes a dip or like we're not in the same room because i i personally am not a huge fan of all remote recordings where everybody's mm, remote yeah um but it has a different other podcasts are doing sure. this too and that's why because we talk over one another exactly but, uh, other podcasts are doing this too it's not just us. Everybody is doing their part to keep hospitals free for the people who really need them. Yeah. yeah. Also, should too. it's Wednesday, and I'm seeing all these people on Twitter going like, oh, day three of quarantine, and I'm already going insane. Like, bitch, I've been doing this for three weeks. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, I've, been, I've been on self-imposed lockdown uh, mm-hmm. since last Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, and that was before... The Bay Area basically put itself on that shelter-in-place lockdown, but yeah, yeah I, I was like, no, nah, I don't, I, I don't want to deal with this right now, and so I'm and, fine. And at some point during this recording, not when you're hearing this, it will become my birthday, and Yay. Uh, yeah, and all the plans have been canceled. <laughs> I, if I cared about my birthday, it'd be devastating, but it just seems like eh, it's just on top of everything else too. Who cares? Like, I feel like I we should interrupt the recording mid-recording. 
and sing happy birthday to Chris when that happens. And then you guys will really know when we're recording this thing. That's going to get us flagged. Oh, wait, no, that's not copywritten anymore. <laughs> no, it's that not. Now we're good. We're good. It. None of that will matter. All of that's going to fall apart. Come on. Right. No one... <laughs> There's 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 bigger fish to fry than the birthday song, but that's what you think. <laughs> that's there the are only no thing. Fish. That's the only thing holding us all together. <laughs> oh. Look, it's my birthday, and I don't get to go. I don't get to eat an egg out of a guy's hat. That fucking Betty Han is, and I'm devastated. So the, <laughs> the least you can do is Patreon.com/slash Laser. I mean, you can just throw an egg in a hat at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe even a true. plum. Suspend it in perfume. Drink oh, that. Who's going to make an onion ring volcano? I don't want to do that. That's <laughs> true. We can make our own onion ring volcanoes with paper mache and baking soda. Mm. Oh, and I, I know, Sam, by the way, Sammy is interested in doing a pandemic update for a bonus time. If you're into that kind of thing, we're both researching the shit out of everything and, and just trying to give you a glimpse of the world. And we'll hopefully be doing that, too, over the weekend. Um, mm. I am excited for that because, like, I, I just don't, like... I love stuff from like the Laser Time Facebook community. Like the whole world is going through this. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. It's not a localized thing. It's, it's an it's, unprecedented yeah. situation. Yeah. 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 It's a, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a quiet 9 11. Man. Well, it's a quiet prevention of a much bigger catastrophe than 9 11. Hopefully. Yeah. If everything goes as planned. All this preamble ain't for nothing, because it actually relates to this episode's topic. Yeah, so with everyone in self-imposed quarantine and sheltering in place and isolation, it seemed like as good a time as any to dig into games that are about isolation. Because maybe Mm -hmm. if we immerse ourselves in this feeling, we can get to the bottom of it and overcome it. At a certain level, most games are about isolation. You are a lone protagonist fighting against unfathomable odds. But these games specifically seem to promote a sense of loneliness and melancholy. And and yet there's usually a silver lining. Mm -hmm. Usually. And yeah, yeah, usually. I'm just going to say it's usually the premise for a survival horror game, and mm-hmm. I know I'm going to get the piss scared out of my pants. Yep. No, and I, I know for a fact that some of the entries on this list are not survival horror, so we, I'm not going to say they all have a hopeful slant to them, because they, they all do They definitely do not. Yeah, but, but I think one or two does. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Actually, maybe most of them. I don't know. I edged off the horror games a little bit, but yeah, there there are a bunch that you know. Michael, I appreciate if you'd stop edging while we're recording. That would be never, really great. Never. I will get my lawn perfect. <laughs> Oh, I thought oh, you were talking about dick teasing. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was a dick joke. Oh, mm. okay. I, I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, he's a bread and butter <laughs> porn guy. Doesn't, <laughs> doesn't go in for that fancy shit. <laughs> is that even porn? That's like anti-porn, man. Yeah, That's I know. Like... I wouldn't click on that shit if you paid me. <laughs> I don't know what the yeah. fuck it is, and at this point, I'm not sure I want to. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sitting. I'm not watching this ad so I can watch someone not utilize a dick. All right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, probably a good time to cut to commercial. <laughs> so, uh, top five. I feel like I don't fully understand what that term is now. Since Chris is talking about it, I'm like, well, that's not well, what Now I that all our female listeners are gone, let's go ahead and throw it a break. <laughs> <laughs> top five games about isolation right after this. Hey, everybody. If you're anything like me, right now you're probably thinking, I love using Video Game Apocalypse as my primary and also only source for video game news, but it's so long. If only there were a quicker way to hear all the relevant headlines every day. 
Well, the Gaming Ride Home podcast has your back. It's video game news. It comes out every day at 5 p.m., just in time for your commute home. It's hosted by Kyle Hilliard, formerly of Game Informer and IGN, and it's just 15 to 20 minutes long. How do they do that? In that time, you'll get to hear about headlines, rumors, reviews, hardware leaks, release dates, and more. If the concept of Too Long Didn't Read was a podcast, it'd be Gaming Ride Home. Kyle spends all day online reading tweets and rumor blogs so he can consolidate the chatter and catch you up on everything that happened while you were busy living your life. Gaming Ride Home is the latest show from the Ride Home Podcast Network, the daily news podcast folks now celebrating two years and 25 million downloads. To get your news fix, search your podcast app right now and subscribe to Gaming Ride Home. Do you like Video Game Apocalypse in 302010? Well, the LaserTime Patreon has figured out a way to combine the two. Over at patreon.com slash lasertime, we've taken a month's worth of 302010's games from 3020 and 10 years ago and grabbed the hosts, Michael Raparez and Matthew Allen from Video Game Apocalypse. And with our combined three decades plus in the games industry, we found a great way to take a deep dive into the biggest gaming anniversaries of the month. Here's a recent sample. This goddamn segment, 1990, the probably one of the biggest games of this entire generation. He's back. All you had to do was ask Super Mario Brothers 3 from Nintendo. Shut the fuck up. This took you over half a decade to make a true sequel to one of your most <laughs> best games ever. <laughs> and it's been out in Japan for almost two years. All you had to do was ask. But, you know, yeah. apparently it, it, it came down to, like, a literal chip shortage of, like, it was difficult to get this game over here in time, which yeah. is responsible for a lot of the delay. But it is, both in Japan and here, it is the first true... Mario 3 is the first true sequel to Super Mario Brothers. One of the best-selling Asterix games of all time. But there was a total... Like, if you can imagine in a much smaller world, in the Super Mario Brothers, you could turn into Fireball Mario. That was like a game-changer. And then Mario 2 had no such thing. And then this edit went from one to six... I think a total of six transformations? Yeah, yeah there was Frog, Raccoon, Tanuki... Hammer... Uh, Oh yeah, the Hammer, yeah, Hammer the, the Hammer Brothers suit was so it's fucking so badass. Cool. Oh my yeah, god. Dude. Yeah, I mean are, you, are we counting the shoe? Because for for whatever reason that wasn't translated, Karibo is the Japanese name for the Goombas. So it's mm. it, it would just be Goomba's shoe. And I remember but, my dad and my grandfather when I opened the Mario manual, it's just like, uh, oh those are Goombas, and my grandfather's like, Goomba! I mean, it's friend. That's your friend. Don't touch your friend. Yeah. <laughs> Go up and hug him. Say hello. <laughs> no. Not to be confused with Guma. I, don't, I, don't even know that's a word. <laughs> I got this guy in this other castle. She's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, my Guma. So, in addition to weekly bonus shows, over 100 movie commentaries, exclusive specials, you can get the 302010 Video Games Edition, celebrating a month of important gaming milestones every single month at patreon.com slash lasertime in exchange for just five bucks. And you'll support all of the Lasertime shows, including Video Game Apocalypse, right guys? Yeah! And welcome back to our top five segment, where we're going to talk about what? Lonely games. Lonely, lonely games. games. And then lonely Hope. game. Oh, I was going to go with Goldfinger, but you go ahead. No, no, no. I've, I've been done. around this lonely game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry. 
All right. We all played Tony Hawk. This is a universal thing mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Wait, did you see the title of the Tony Hawk documentary? I think is something along the lines of, like, here I am doing everything I can. Oh, nice. It is a reference to Goldfinger Superman. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the Tony Hawk video game documentary. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's begin with... Number five. I realized the moment I fell into the fissure that the book would not be destroyed as I had planned. It continued falling into that starry expanse of which I had only a fleeting glimpse. I've tried to speculate where it might have landed. I must admit, however, such conjecture is futile. Still, questions about whose hands might one day hold my mystery are unsettling to me. Right, he says the title, he wins the prize. What is this? I don't know. I didn't hear that. I w- yeah, I didn't hear the title in there. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Mm, this is it not Eternal Darkness? It is not Eternal Darkness, but that's okay. not a bad one. Uh, this is Mist. And Matt, this was your idea. I a joke about it being fucking Mist. Oh, my God. <laughs> it says you how much I remember any of the audio or anything with Mist. Yeah. yeah uh, I, I vividly remember it just because it was like, it was so many firsts for me as a little game rar. It's the first game my parents wanted to buy me because. NPR talked about it. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. was my first game with full motion video cutscenes. Uh, it's my first like it was my first PC game. It may have been my first CD ROM game. It, it was definitely my first CD ROM game, and it's like I think my dad heard the same NPR thing, and so he he wanted to get it for me and get the CD drive, and it was like this official Apple CD drive where. Like, it had a plastic caddy that you had to load the disc into, and then you shoved the caddy into the machine. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It's seriously old school. And he was like, mm, I don't know about this. This is really expensive. I don't know if it's if what it'll do is good enough. And we might, we might return it. I'm like, no, don't return Mist. I'm 15 <laughs> it's, it's at this bizarre. point, like, by the way. If you've been listening to the 302010 game show, I've had to talk a couple times about the best-selling PC games of all time, and then Mist was uh, like at one point the best-selling PC game of all time. If you go mm. through a list, of course, it's been dominated by a lot of a lot of recent stuff. It is the least playable game in the top twenty, in my opinion. <laughs> like today, like everything else there: Terraria, Minecraft, PUBG, Sims One. Like I would way prefer to play that over Mist, but only because how like frustrating the game was. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely a game of its time where it's like it was really just more showing off what you could do with CD-ROM tech, you know, mm-hmm. and like, because those worlds still to this day, they look really, really good yeah. well, you know, compared was, to the other games of the time. It, it was very pretty, especially for 1993. At, at its core, it was basically just a hypercard game. And hypercard was like a Mac development tool that uh, let you do like very simple static image point and click games. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I played a lot of amateur ones when I was a kid. And then, like, this this is a real professional one. Look, it's all in color. And it's got, like, full motion video bits that introduce you to the different characters who are all trapped in books. I'm acting off. My brother, I beg you. To be complete. Always blue pages. Listen to him. I listen to my brother. Nicotista Kofu and a liar. You're all alone in this big, pretty, picturesque world that's very quiet and serene and empty. And you eventually find these two books. And trapped in the books are these two brothers, Cirrus and Akinar. And 
One wants you to bring him red pages and the other wants blue pages. And as you add these pages to their books, their messages become less garbled and easier to understand. And they get closer and closer to being able to enter the real world. So that becomes oh, like God. a big goal. And, and then you're thinking like, well, which one do I trust? Do do not go to the red pages Reddit. Yeah, it is M- Michael, just Michael just got red paged. Yep, he, he must have just been red paged. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mm. But but yeah, when when you mentioned this, Matt, it kind of surprised me a little because like, well, it's it's a lonely and isolating game. But I always kind of I, I got the sense more it's like lonely in the sense that like here's a sandbox that you have all to yourself. Like mm-hmm. here's this world that you can explore, and it's basically yours. Just figure out how it works, poke and prod at everything, and maybe eventually you'll solve these ridiculously obtuse puzzles after going online and looking for hints. Yeah. Which I didn't I didn't know I could do at the time, so I'm just like, the, this little minecart thing is the closest this game has to action, and it sucks. Hmm. I cannot figure out how to get past this at all. <laughs> well, yeah. I, think, I think the reason I wanted this added to the list is like, yeah, to me, I distinctly remember like feeling like super isolated and alone in this game because I was used to maybe maybe at the time I was just playing so many adventure games like Lucas adventure games you know where I was used to having characters to chat with and all that and it's like with this one it was it was profoundly just like no you're in this world alone there's no one to give you any instruction and that's the whole point of the game is kind of poking and prodding until you can figure out solutions and then the only time where you do see some really bad full motion video Mm -hmm. stuff it's it's like memories of these guys you know it's it's it's, you're not interacting with them directly i I think in riven don't you talk to them directly though well they talk to you it's okay but but they're they're stuck in these books like they're they're trapped in these voids that you have to gradually weaken the barriers of by adding pages to their books but you also find Mm. various recorded messages often by a third person Catherine, my love I have to leave quickly. Something terrible has happened. It's hard for me to believe. Most of my books have been destroyed. Catherine, it's one of our sons. I suspect Akinar, but I shouldn't leave to conclusions. I'll find him and Cirrus as well. I should have known better than to have left my library unchecked for so long. Yeah. So a- Atrus, the uh, the architect of Mist, mm. of Mist yeah. Island, and uh, the subject for the John Goodman character King Mattress in Pissed, the parody game, which I've oh, never gosh. played. <laughs> this is a real thing. It's a real yes. thing. It was made. Yeah. God damn. I can't believe they got John Goodman. <laughs> but but you know that island in that library that's one of the other reasons I'm, I felt so alone in this game is it's like it was an abandoned world. It's like mm-hmm. well someone built this bridge, someone built these puzzles but they're not around. And it, it, now that I think about it though there was so like the 7th guest even is sort of a similar game where it's like you're seeing echoes of people who were once there but you are supposed to be alone in the house up until I guess that that ending, right? That, yeah, that's where it, you're confronting the guy. It didn't creep me out as a kid, but all of my memories of it, like, what the fuck was going on there? At the time, yeah, it's like, ooh, this little digital sandbox just for me, and Jesus wept, and all that stuff. And the, But it is like this little version of heaven or hell that you're just stuck in by yourself, and mm. you slowly figure out there were people here at one point, and how the fuck do I find them? Yeah. And I never finished the game, so I don't know any... I mean, I in many ways, insight. this was one of the first walking simulator-type mm-hmm. games. It contained some of the first... Um, tape logs you find in a game you know yeah, like yeah. a little Audio and then logs. even like I, 
I hopefully this game isn't on our list, but I feel like The Witness owes so much to this game in terms of you are alone on an island environment, mm-hmm. just trying to solve puzzles with you're only seeing like videos of people, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This eventually did get remade as Real Mist, which has been, you know, came out on PC years ago, uh, has a better looking version, I think Masterpiece Edition that was also made. and Masterpiece Edition? Oh! Oh! <laughs> oh. What? Wait, what? What, what's, what's that Master P line that your doll says, Chris, very creepily? I, I'm sorry, I got a cat crawling up my back. Uh, <laughs> I thought you really wanted to say something about the commentary. No, no that's the orgasm I told you guys about last week when a cat surprises me by jumping on my back with all four paws of claws out. You're a very cute, Catrick Swayze, but you're the worst. Mm. Oh, sorry. There's, there's got to be an Urban Dictionary name for that. Catrick, getting Catrick swayze Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I think it's Seriously, edgy. that hurts so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, these guys kind of proved to be, I don't want to say one-trick ponies, because they, they, they really like this model game, because then you had Riven, and then even that game that was fairly recent, Abduction, was pretty much just like beautiful, updated mist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of always been their thing. I think with Riven, like the sequel to Mist, which that was its actual title, Riven, the sequel to Mist, yeah. uh, it, like they actually <laughs> added characters that you could sort of interact with who were like FMV people. Somehow I never played any of the sequels. Like, I think I played Uru very briefly. That was going to be mm. turn into like an MMO. But that was the MMO that one, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say like Mist is sort of like the avatar of games. Like it was very, very huge and didn't really inspire anything and, and didn't lead to any successful sequels or spinoffs. I got to meet Rand Miller, who's one of the brothers that created this at, like, he was in the Indie Mega Booth at a PAX, and I was just, like, geeking out. Like, I love stuff like that, because, like, no one no one knew it was him, and I'm like, oh my god, dude, like, I fucking loved your, that was, like, you guys, one of my first PC ROM games. It was like that and Full Throttle, I think, are the two that I can really remember playing back when, like, yeah, PC or not CD-ROM was was a big mm-hmm. was coming up, you know. Yeah, yeah, and just I, I don't know. Like I still I never completed the game. In fact, I found it pretty frustrating and, and like rage quit it more than a few times. But like just I was just googling around. I, I never heard a real mist, and it, seeing that shit in 3D is like surreal. It's like a dream I had realized in fucking the Source Engine or something. Oh yeah. The, this shit is insane. I I don't know how many games have been on like 3DO, iOS, and Jaguar. Like <laughs> very few. Anybody and Saturn and like wh- what? The Amiga? list is short but distinguished. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it's been it's it, it has like a Dragon's Lair kind of quality to it. it's like re-release. It's, it's fucking strange. Yeah, I, I also love the sequel where they literally like I apologize on behalf of all marketing guys. Like, well, how will they know it's the sequel to Mist? We'll put it in the name. Yeah, the sequel to Mist. <laughs> it's got to be called Riven. And mm. I, I please in the comments explain to us why. Why does this need to be called Riven? <laughs> no, I mean I applaud them actually for having a different name versus just Mist mm. Two. Yeah. I think that I think that was foolishness. Mistier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, because but, if they would have called it Mist 2, like it probably would have like made it under the Christmas tree for me, my parents getting me the sequel to Mist and the fact mm-hmm. that it never did. Yeah, I, true. And I just remember it being advertised in game magazines for what felt like fucking years. Mm-hmm. Riven, I mean, not, not Myth. Mm. All right, yeah. yeah well, I, don't, I was even trying to remember like where Mist... Ke- it felt like it came out of nowhere and all of a sudden yeah. everyone played... Like it was almost like that and Discs of Encarta were just shipped to your house by default. You know? <laughs> well, it's, that's that fucking... I, I, Broderburn... Broderburn? Broderburn. Yes, Broderburn. Broderburn. Broderburn so- software. 
I thought they were educational because they they sent uh, yeah, they, pamphlets or like they made shit to my school. Games, like Prince I think Persia. a big part of their business was yeah education. Yeah. yeah, and so like you would see shit about Mist and like it'd be smaller than the coverage of the other things, but like yeah, they were like. I always associated them with an educational uh, educational publisher, but yeah, they, they were they were fucking huge. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know um, if you guys remember this, but there were at least a couple of like this. This was the first time I remembered a game having like a tie-in novel. Maybe Doom predated it, but there were a couple of of books that just sort of like. There's there's like a book that is about the life story of Atris, the the father who designed all of this and explains more about how like the the books work and how these ages work and how the the quote unquote ages, which are the different worlds he traveled to in Mist, someone wrote them into existence in a book. And and I, then I do remember that the books yeah, are magical and you can travel into them. I so I do remember seeing those tie in books because like. I used to love going to the sci-fi section of bookstores, which is where they would tend to have video game tie-in books, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I do remember seeing those and being like, wow, I can't believe this thing got a, got a book. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I like remember this as like, I, I got so invested in this game. Remember again, I was 15 and that I wrote like a journal of everything I was doing in the game as though it were like an actual journal. And I was actually doing these things. Wow. I was trying to remember, actually, this could have been because, you know, uh, online help guides weren't necessarily a thing when this came out. But I, I I don't think I made it all the way through on my own. There had to have been message yeah, boards or I, something. I went I on America getting... online and got hints for some of the things. Because, yeah. again, the puzzles, at, at least I thought at the time, were extremely obtuse. I've never gone back to it to see, like, oh, OK, how could I get through this on my own conceivably? Once again, once again, Michael Proves, game journalists, not real gamers. No, not real gamers. Gotta We're too help. busy playing every fucking game to get good at any <laughs> single game. Well, the reality is when you're doing reviews, none of that shit exists. So game yeah. journalists are yeah. some of the best gamers that, at finding things because they have to write those guides. Mm-hmm. Or used you to know, have to you write know, it's them. a little crazy to me that, like, I'm look like, do, I should have done this before the show, but you have fun with yourself doing this. Uh, uh, look up reviews for Mist. They're not good, really. Like from whatever. I mean, but I don't. Even, I don't like. I don't remember this being reviewed in like EGM or Game Players, the game magazines I was reading mm-hmm. at all. It, I, I think it, it somehow floated under there, under the maybe maybe the broader burned educational blobbity book. But like the ports get terrible reviews for the most part. Hmm. And I think I can only see GameSpot like giving it an uh, like an eight point nine out of ten. And then it comes to PlayStation, gets a five out of ten. Oh, jeez! Wow. Uh, well, that by was, that time, by PlayStation yeah, by time, time it's, yeah, but it, I know. But like it, like it's it's probably the most well-regarded game I've ever seen with the w- reviews this bad. Mm-hmm. Even even Famitsu almost gave it fifty percent. Famitsu really? had to be yeah. a port. <laughs> well, some some of those could be just been it was a bad port where like loading times might have right. been shit on the PlayStation oh, yeah, or something I'm sure like they that. Were, yeah. And, and um, surely there's people out there who had to review 3DO and Jaguar games. That can't be fun. Yeah. Well, everything kind of is General Six at best <laughs> <laughs> on Jaguar, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I've never I've never played a 64-bit system before or since where I thought like, wow, my Super Nintendo is actually way better than this in every yeah. respect. It sure did play Tempest well. That's because mm. that's all I remember about mm-hmm. the Jaguar. That's I, I, I mean, I went out of my way to like check out PC Gamer and like they don't have. I'm sure they reviewed it, but it's just not online. Mm-hmm. And it just like I it missed to me even like predates game reviews. So like I wouldn't even know if I read one. 
Hmm. Was PC Gamer a dedicated thing at that time when this came out? No or? idea. No idea. I really don't know. And I know they were one of the earliest game covering coverage sites, but I thought they maybe split off from something else. Who knows? Anyway. I never read an issue till I worked there. <laughs> JK, Coconut <laughs> Monkey, nothing else exists before that. That's true. It's true. <laughs> Usually the opposite is true. Once you start working somewhere, you stop reading whatever you're doing. Mm. You know, it's <laughs> oh, but it, but it is. It should be interesting to Michael that it, it, did it come out on Mac first? I believe it did, mm. and then came to PC mm. maybe a little bit later. Um, but 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 it was like th- those developers had kind of cut their teeth on Mac. I think they. Did something called like the manhole and another one called like Cosmic Osmo, the, just these huge exploration games. <laughs> the manhole was that a game about the bar and police academy? Or yes, I know yes, that was exactly. the, that was the Blue Oyster. It, it was about poking a man in his asshole. <laughs> no, no, that was the Blue Oyster. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, uh, but they they yeah they they had a lot of experience doing things like this, and this was sort of their biggest and most ambitious project, and it was like the killer app for Mac gamers for all of about five minutes until it made it everywhere else. I think, I think the reason a lot of people ended up having this thing is like, there was a lot of um, what we'd call in the business OEM deals where basically Mm -hmm. like everyone was buying their PCs at this time. And so it usually came bundled with a new PC or, or or something as part of that PC. Like that's, that's how we got a lot of games back then. It's like, Oh, I just bought this PC and it has Mm -hmm. two or three games that came with it. And Myst was almost always one of those games. And I, I think it's also worth noting that in addition to just like being by yourself and a little bit lonely, there, there are parts of the game that inspire genuine dread. Where it's just like, this is, I'm going down into this dark, creepy cave, and it's, the lighting is all spooky, and the music's all eerie, and I'm just wondering, oh god, is something gonna jump out at me? And, yeah. you know, it never does, because If there's one thing this game needs to nail, it's atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's what the game is. It's it, atmosphere, it, the video game. It does that quite well. Yeah. And it you works. know what else is, uh, relies heavily on atmosphere and is probably heavily inspired by Mist? Number four! Hi, Mom. Uh, So I got my ticket home from Europe. I get back on June 6th, but it's a really late flight because that was the cheapest, so it gets in at midnight. But don't worry, I'll get a shuttle from the airport so you don't have to pick me up. Like, really seriously, you don't have to. Okay, so love you. See you soon. Bye. Oh, man. Is is this Gern? Gernherm? Yes, it's Gernherm, my favorite letter game. Uh, yeah, Gone Home. Gernherm, the game that launched a thousand assholes. <laughs> it really did. <laughs> Is it even a game? I mean, you're just yes. picking things up and interacting with them and exploring and uncovering a story in an organic, nonlinear way. Can you really call that a game? Uh, Who am you, I even you killing? Ever ask yourself that stupid a question ever again. <laughs> ask yourself, is Mist a game? Is Dragon's Lair a game? Yes, it is. It is all a game. Idiot. I mean, like, hearing that clip, I wonder if most of them were just really upset because you're playing as a girl in this game. I, I think it. it, it they, the reality is it probably it was championed a lot by largely liberal journalists who mm-hmm. liked the point that was making. Yeah. I include myself among those people. And that, that, that means they were somehow driving an agenda rather than telling you what they liked. Mm-hmm. And you believing all reviews are objective, mm-hmm. not you, the listener, the people who aren't listening, the stupid yeah. people. This is this and, is an old controversy, but still a sore yeah. spot for a lot See, of people. I, I I think I I was unique in that I had just heard a lot of good buzz of hey, this game Gone Home is really good. You should mm-hmm. play it, and I hadn't read much about the game, which is 
if you, if you have managed to avoid reading about it yeah. by now, that's the way you should play this game. Yeah, because... I'm going to say, if you haven't played this game, you should either skip ahead or pause this, go play it. It takes about two hours. Uh, yeah. It's a great experience if you haven't had it spoiled for you already. But I'm, we're going to spoil the shit out of it starting right now. So you've been warned. Because yeah. the the great thing that Gone Home does is that it's a tremendous bait and switch. They lure yes. you in with this very creepy atmospheric thing where uh, you keep finding all these very ominous messages and uh, clues. So it's the first day of school and there I am introducing myself to the class and I say that I just moved into the house on Arbor Hill. All of a sudden, every kid in the room turns and just stares like I suddenly transformed into a mutant. I just stood there, pushing pretty hard for a rewind button. Because now maybe nobody knows my name, but they all know who I am. The Psycho House Girl. Yeah, so you're in the Psycho House. It's this... You're, you're, you're playing as a college student returning home yeah. to a home that's sort of not your home. To a home that you've uh, never actually been in. You've yeah. gone home. Because your you parents have moved there while you were in class. And your parents mm-hmm. and your, your younger sister... And so you're exploring it. It is empty. It is the middle of the night. Rain is pouring down. There's a thunderstorm outside. Everything is dark. Everything is creepy and unfamiliar. And where the fuck is your family? And so you're just trying to explore and piece together what happened to them. Where did they go? What has happened in their lives since you've been in school? And, and what's fascinating, and, and sorry, I, I don't hear this a lot, it's, it's that, like, and especially to you awful edgelords out there, you fucking Dongon Rampa players, uh, like this Dongon is a visual Rampa. novel. You are reading this house like a journal mm-hmm. in the in, in order if you're, like, if you don't know where to go. Yeah. It, it, that's why the design is so beautiful, because it's it's literally steering you in a, towards a linear story. Yep. But you have free freedom, free freedom. If you know what to do, if you've played the game, you can go right to the end if you want. Yeah, but like, it, it, like, like it there, there's a speedrun achievement on the console version. Yeah, it, it naturally, it naturally points you to a linear story, with, yeah. even though you have total freedom of movement. Mm-hmm. Well, I you don't have that's, total that's freedom. It's it, it does lock off certain sections of the house unless you know how to access them. Yeah, so sure, it, yeah. it's it points you in the right direction at least. Sure, but I, I still think that's why it's brilliant. A lot of those spaces are completely open to you, and you would see things that wouldn't make a lot of sense, and maybe those journals are inaccessible. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it is a visual novel in that, like, there's not a lot you can change about what you're going to do or see. Yeah. Uh, but but you, like yeah, like it, it 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 presents you immediately with like a bunch of red herrings. Like, yeah. is yeah. my sister dead? And that might be one of the reasons people are mad at it because it mm-hmm. drew you in with this promise of a horror game. And like, this is going to be really dark and ominous and you're going to discover something incredibly uh, horrifying. And instead, it becomes obvious, uh, maybe about three-fourths of the way in, that it's about something else entirely. You know that feeling where the first moment you see someone, it's like they have a big gold star around them and you have to get to know them? Well, there's this girl. I think she's a senior. She's usually dressed kind of punk but sometimes i see her in this like army uniform she's always drawing in this notebook looking so intense i had no idea how i would ever like 
have an excuse to talk to her. Till I noticed she and her friends hang out and play Street Fighter at the 7-Eleven every day after school. That's right, punks. It's about Street Fighter. Illegal <laughs> matches in the basement. I remember how, how amazing I thought that was, that they didn't bother to come up with a fake game name yeah. since they didn't have any characters or sounds or and there's like a street fighter super nintendo cartridge that you can find in a room and interact with and pick up and look yeah. at yeah but but just that they they did that it added to the realism and and i i can't help but love i don't know how far we want to get into spoilers here but like i said we're gonna like, spoil the shit out of it so yeah you you start out like reading about your troubled sister who's clearly developing um love she doesn't understand for another girl and it's the 80s so like mm. or sorry the 90s. early 90s yeah. so that's not very understood by her surroundings either at the same time dad mm. has quit his job to become a novelist and it mm-hmm. looks like it's not going well and mom is possibly having an affair and and, and I don't right. know when I think like I don't remember you know me guys everyone listening and my co-host I don't like stories and games I remember everything about this. Mm-hmm. Well, then, then they threw that one swerve with the uncle, like down in the basement area. I want to say where it's like, oh, maybe there is some weird occult like stuff going on. Like they 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 keep swerving you. Yeah, you and find a little part of... secret passage, and you find like yes. this paper crucifix, and like, oh god, what's this for? And I, like, there was a portion of the game where I'm just like holding that out in front of me while I'm walking through no, these I, I, dusty passages. I think at, at, at the worst, at the worst, and again, we, we're talking spoilers here, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but like, I just assumed. I am going to set foot in a Chris Benoit situation. Mm. Uh, well, uh, it, yes. And it, well, the whole game is about tension. I think they, they do that where it's so funny. I, I think I've heard there's like one true jump scare in the game, but I missed it when I was playing the first time through because I was like, I don't remember that at all. But it's like it, it really is just tension. Like you constantly think something is going to come out of the wall or something and nothing ever does. And that's what's yeah. wild about this game. Is mm-hmm. it's, like, oh, no, I found my dad. He, he's been reviewing... DV or laser disc players for some magazine. <laughs> this isn't being a novelist. <laughs> oh, dude! Like, let's not pretend that didn't pay fucking great in the early nineties. Sure oh my have. god! If you yeah. could find a job reviewing laser discs for Penthouse, mm-hmm. oh shit! You, you were made in the shade. <laughs> but yeah, and and it's like in investigating this house and finding all these things, you kind of uncover the secret lives of both parents and of Sam, your younger sister, and you find out and of pets. Yeah, the secret mm-hmm. lives of pets, um, penthouse yeah, without pets, Louis and, and which laser discs they like. Um, <laughs> but again, to get really spoilery, uh, your father, like he inherited this house, and it's after his uncle died, and you find out, like, oh, his uncle may have molested him in 1963, and he all of his novels are about like going, and it's it's like on the day that Kennedy was shot. And all of his novels are about going back to the day that Kennedy was shot and preventing this mm-hmm. tragedy from happening. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And uh, yeah. And then his mom or your mom might have been God. having an affair. And uh, you find actually like a ticket to this concert that she was supposed to go to with this guy. And can you even imagine like being molested out of the corner of your eye watching the president be assassinated? Uh, no. Sorry. That's like uh, untold trauma. Like why be alive anymore? <laughs> Yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, of course, uh, Sam uh, has fallen in love with a girl, and that wasn't really widely accepted in the early '90s in Oregon, where this is set. Well, then, then like when you actually find out why everyone's gone, and I'll start mm-hmm. with the easy one is the parents. It's just like, oh my god, it was so much better than I thought. Like I yeah. thought I really, I really thought I was going to find like everyone 
hanging from from something like in one room you know what i mean like like a mm-hmm. like a suicide thing suicide pact or whatever um but whereas like the parents are like on a couple's getaway thing right to try to repair yeah. their their relationship let's say what it is exactly. it's a swingers retreat the mom decided not to go to the concert and instead they went on a couple's retreat together it's like okay it's a happy ending they're repairing their relationship yeah. but and, and that's what's so weird about it it's not like an episode of entourage where like nothing bad happens you spend you spend 90 minutes wallowing in the dread of this family you assume are disappeared but mm-hmm. you end up learning so very much about them that when yeah. you do when when they're their triumphs over their small adversities are revealed. It is truly one of the most emotionally stirring moments in any game I've ever played. The yeah. the idea that you see like all these failed books. This this guy quit his his father quit his job to write, and mother wants to leave him, and they're just not getting along. Like ah, oh, and then we fixed the things started to get a little better, and one of these books started to perform okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but but it's uh-oh. funny, Michael. You say you find out what it's really about about three quarters of the way through, like. I would say up until I went into the final room. That's which, the last thread. Yeah. yeah. The, so like literally I was like, oh, is, because it tells the story of the sister slowly getting alienated from her family because of this thing that none of her, them really know how to deal with. Her only solution she believes is to run away. Like yeah. they are, they love one another. Right. Uh, their family won't accept it. The world won't accept it. We could, should, we have to live on the road or to, like go join the army somewhere mm-hmm. and just, just get away from everyone. But I thought I was going to find her corpse in the attic when you go up there. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be terrible. And then it's like, it, yeah, she, she ultimately just went to get the girl that she was in love with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's like it's like it's like some of the best endings in, in, in film, sort of like The Graduate or Goodwill Hunting, where like She went just, to see about a girl. Yeah, yeah, you're just told like yeah, I'm a girl who had to go see about a girl. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I love you, but fuck off. Uh, <laughs> and then, that, that, and then, yeah, as we've talked about on this show, I think years ago when it was still pretty new, like the the idea that the the ending is that she runs away with her girlfriend. They're both in high school. Like thinking about it, it's like, is this really a happy ending though? Like because you know, great for them, but it's like they're still high school kids running off together. Is this a good idea? Would it? Would we see it as a good idea if it were a boyfriend? I don't think I would. Yeah, but they're high school kids in the '90s. Like, That's man, true. half of Silicon Valley is made up of runaways. Yeah, like, good it, point. It, it, runaways and drop still, man. Yeah, you could still like invent things without the help of a massive corporation stealing your idea in mm. the early '90s. So, like, there is hope there. I swear. Yeah, <laughs> it could. It's happen. so funny you keep bringing up the '90s thing, Chris, because I had completely forgotten it was a period right. piece. Mm. Like, to me, right. there's, there's not other than VHS tapes. There's not really much to tell you that that's the yeah. case because yeah. well, even when you see a Super Nintendo cartridge like I have Super Nintendo cartridges yeah, all around. Yeah, I, I just thought she was into retro games or something. Yeah, like, that no, could no cell phone. That's that's your tell number one. You can't you can't mm-hmm. get home and then like call your parents' phones to see where they are. It's it's all just like you started out like that that message that I played at the beginning is you're calling to their landline and they're they've already left. They're not there to pick up and they won't yeah, ever just, get that I, message. I, I try and like be nice to games from like quantic dream of like these are stepping stones to thing to to things we'll eventually get to in games no matter how clunky and weird they are but it, gone home is this wild weird experiment kind of like a test case can this work out narratively and it ended up being just perfect like just kind of perfect for me mm-hmm. I, I and i played it through like I, I haven't played that many games of this generation through three times let alone i've been able to play this with uh, twice with people watching as if it were a movie and, and, and being compelled and not in the way you are with your favorite ninja streamer uh, like they're not people who watch game streams you can 
you can unfold this like a movie to people and it is still compelling. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this game this game holds up. It's um it's worth playing if you it's have It's the not opposite played. of Mist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and it, and it was the first big walking simulator that, that kind of kicked off an entire genre. And there's many yeah. games that have been trying to reproduce what it did for a while. And DRS the fan since day one, still <laughs> playing that multiplayer. <laughs> I think it's it's key though is that it really does contain good storytelling and good yeah. environmental storytelling. Well, as long as good, we're good pacing, and, and 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 the sad thing about being able to re-enjoy games is like you can do it here in two hours, or you can do it in less than that if mm-hmm. you want. Like that's fucking neat. You can do it in like under 90 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah. I don't recommend it. <laughs> it's fun to try once you finish the game. But as long as we're going from like, well, this game inspired this one, let's go to a game that was very clearly inspired by Gone Home. Number three. Hello, Two Forks Tower. Um, hello? Whoever this is? It's Henry, right? Yeah. I'm Delilah. Yeah, that's what the guy said on the phone. So, what's wrong with you? Excuse me? People take this job to get away from something. So, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? That's a great idea. Go ahead. Look, I just hiked for two days, so I don't really follow whatever it is you're doing right now. You take a stab at what's wrong with me. Fine. Then, can I sleep forever? Uh, oh, this Mad is Firewatch. Men's Rich Summer, this, yeah, in Firewatch. This is, this is so good. And this is the game. One of the best things about it is when you see the model, like when they take the camera out of the first person perspective, like how they had to make the model look. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that? Where it's like yeah, he just has. Uh, Ollie Moss, the, the designer, posted a bunch of the shit on, <laughs> like, like how you can get the walkie talkie right up to your face. And like, this requires a lot of weird character modeling <laughs> yeah, in order to like, make this look realistic from a first person perspective. He's got like, he looks like one of those like slug creatures from the Moss Eisley Cantina, mm-hmm. where he's kind of like, it's just like really long neck tape. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, this, this is this is Firewatch, and mm-hmm. yeah, how how I, this there was something notable about its release, if I recall, was it free on something initially? Am I crazy? Not that I remember. Uh, okay, sorry. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, you're right. There was something. I, I I almost said like, wasn't it on Epic Game Store? But that didn't exist yet. No, it was, it was I, well before that. Yeah. Huh. huh. It, yeah, I, I remember I didn't play it till about a year after launch, but um, and I, again, the, this, the day it came out, I, I fucking loved it. It's great, yeah. Local local devs, uh, Campo Santo mm-hmm. from from the Bay Area. And I think a lot of them are ex t- uh, double. Not ex, I'm sorry, ex Lucas guys and and Telltale guys yeah. that um, that went and founded it. So they're they're really good again at storytelling, mm-hmm. and I think that's. But this game sort of pulls a similar trick to Gone Home in that it it kind of swerves you a few times, and you're not really sure what it's about. Yeah. And because it is telling, there's there's probably an A, B, C, maybe even a D plot. There, there's several mm-hmm. kind of simultaneous threads going at one time. I have to say that as a bearded, middle-aged, overweight guy, I really like the representation in this game. <laughs> Can I just say, every, the entire time, like, yeah, when I think of this game, I think of you as the here as the protagonist character, Michael. Like to, in my mind, he looks just like you. <laughs> well, you can actually uh, flip through a sketchbook, I think, at the beginning and see a picture that his wife drew of him naked. And it's just, <laughs> okay, I didn't need to see the dick, oh, but yeah, uh, just like Michael's dick. I, I mean, as, <laughs> hey, look, as as someone who went through a bad relationship thing and and opted to run off into the woods, I get it, man. I get it. Yeah. yeah. I, well, his was his was more than just a bad relationship, right? It was, his is uh, like his his wife gets early onset Alzheimer's, and the beginning of the game is walking you through this, and you kind of 
get to decide through text choices, like, okay, how does he cope with this? How does he react to it? And things get bad pretty much how whatever you choose to do. And and he finally just flees from the situation, like her parents come and grab her so that she's taken care of. And he's like, all right, I'm just going to flee from all my responsibilities now and go yeah. uh, be a, a firewatch lookout in, in a national park where I'm just completely isolated and alone in this very remote area. Right. And, and, and just if I may, because I have a few friends who have done this, this is like the... I'm running away to join the Foreign Legion thing that we still mm-hmm. have in like our our generation. You can yeah. run off and join the Forest Service and be completely isolated and never speak to anybody you've ever known again. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Um, so anybody out there contemplating suicide, go work for the fucking forest. Stop fires. Yeah. Like uh, yeah, cut off cut off your whole world and uh, help the environment out. You can do that. Be like whoever left this hat behind. Huh. <laughs> Found an old hat from a Korean War vet. You'd be surprised how many former service members take this gig. Well, makes sense. I imagine if you've been through war, you probably can't get enough silence. Oh, and there's a lot of silence in this game. Yeah, it's just, it's just I don't know. I, I, I never got even close to lost in this game, and it never mm-hmm. stopped. And, and not unlike gone, gone Home, and I think this is, I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything. It's just that, like... A lot of the things I thought were creepy and terrifying that were happening were not. Mm-hmm. But I think they intentionally allow you to think that, even though they aren't doing any of that. They really aren't. Yeah, but things do get really strange, uh, yeah. at least about halfway in. Okay, I'm at the fence. I don't see anyone around, but I'm not sure I can get past it. How big is it? Big. It goes off in both directions. Acres. But what the fuck is going on out here? Whatever it is, someone doesn't want anyone to know about it. Sometimes biologists will cordon off a little area to study flora or whatever, but that's only a few square feet, usually. That's not what this is. <sighs> we'll see what you can do to get past it. Looks like goddamn Area 51. Yeah, and your your contact this entire time is Delilah, a woman that you only know as a voice over your walkie-talkie. Yeah, everything you know is just whatever she decides to tell you. She tells you like, "Oh, she's a ten-year veteran. That's why she's got the cushy dispatcher job or whatever." But do you know that really? How well do you know this voice over the intercom? There's a certain amount of paranoia in this as yeah. you you get deeper and deeper in, and things get more and more frightening. But even like when you, on the very rare occasions when you interact with another on-screen human being. They are so literally distant for it to be uh, inconsequential. You gotta take it easy with the fireworks, all right? You ought to take it easy at the Sizzler Buffet. Chelsea? What? He's just some loser out in the woods. I mean, he's groaning. Why do you guys think it's all right to just stare at girls? You don't know a damn thing about me. We know you're a peeping Tom. Which is funny because there are... Like these two drunk teenage girls out in the lake at twilight, like around sunset, and you just see like these very distant silhouettes out in the water. So it's like I couldn't see anything, even if I was, you know, out here right. to peep on you. Well, the game it, it it plays a really good trick of like it uses the environment to block you off from areas without you mm-hmm. really knowing it. Where it's like it sets up invisible walls of like, oh, there's a downed branch here. Like, so you talk about like Delilah. 
by the end of the game, you realize her lookout isn't really that far from yours. You know, like when, when you finally mm. do, you can walk to it. But it's like the whole game has been blocking you off from reaching there. Just kind of it guides you through like, oh, well, these bushes were there and now they're not. and Or this thing opened up where, yeah, it's um, it definitely it does a good job of like slowly letting you expand out and explore more of the map to uncover more of the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, lo- I love how how well this fits into the theme of isolation. Just because on- when you do experience interactions with humanity, it's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because it yeah. never happens at all, like ever. No, yeah, it, pretty it, much. It's... <laughs> and then yeah, and then when you do, like Michael was saying, you kind of have this like sense of paranoia in in the game, and so it's like you. Your character is viewing it through one lens and then you're kind of viewing it through another because you're trying to piece mm-hmm. with what the fuck's going on. And because in at least in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, this can't really be what it is. It can't be like Area 51. Yeah. And, and, but, and but it like it gets so frightening at times like you go back to your tower at one point and somebody's been there and trashed it. You find this yeah. campsite that's also been trashed and it's just like, oh, this is clearly where those teen girls ended up. But they're not here now. And you find out like, oh, their parents reported them missing and... What the fuck's going on? Yeah. 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 And, and and part of the reason stuff is so confusing, you learn by the end of the game, is there are several simultaneous plots going on that just kind of happen to coincide with each other. Mm-hmm. And so it's like the human brain has a tendency to do this. And this is where most conspiracy theories come from, is it tends to try to tie coincidences together into one story. Well, and so the, in a the video writers... game that's telling a story, that's not an unreasonable thing to do. Sure. No, no it's sure. not. And I, 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 don't wanna, I, I don't even want to spoil this game because I don't feel like enough people have talked about it mm-hmm. in enough time. Has passed, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it doesn't do Mr. Robot shit. That's all I want to say. Like, uh, you feel like, uh, is any of this real? Relax. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do anything like that to you. No. But no. so one thing I will, I'll, I guess it's a spoiler. You can skip ahead a little bit. I would just want to talk about Delilah really quickly because mm-hmm. the character, like Michael said, at first you don't know her. But you do develop this relationship with her over the course of the game where even me as a player, and this is where skip ahead 30 seconds, by the time you get to go to her Firewatch to find her, and I was so hopeful maybe there's an actual face-to-face and then she's gone. It's like I felt a sense of loss because your character's Mm -hmm. kind of slowly falling in love with her over the course of the game. Yeah, or at least becoming like completely dependent on her for some Mm -hmm. sort of interact. Mm Mm-hmm. But, but, but each other as well, right? Because she's talking to you as well. And so they do develop this kind of codependent friendship or relationship. And it's it's like, yeah, to me, that was like a really poignant feeling of loss of like, oh, I don't get to see her. You know? My only friend has flown the coop. Yeah, mm-hmm. literally. She mm-hmm. yeah, I, I vividly remember that moment, too. It was, it was pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, because yeah. then you're just in her fire watching your... Like in Gone Home, you're learning about her through the stuff that's in the cabin. So the stuff that you never would have been able to know because she didn't tell you directly. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, she's into this kind of thing or this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, she's into edging, which we had to look up. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's just I'm the episode title, edging. of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. But, but yeah, F- Firewatch, fantastic game, fantastic mm-hmm. Just sense of isolation, paranoia, fear. Uh, but if you want to talk about games that make you feel really fucking isolated, you go to... Number two. Number two. 
What could this be? Was that Link? Yeah. You're close. It is a boy hero with a sword. Come on. Oh, then I'm I'm like uh, I couldn't think of what Zelda. I thought that was a Zelda game. I could not. That, I thought that was Breath of the Wild. That yeah. music's not doing anything for you. Maybe maybe if I play some of the the talking in this game. I all right, there's a character named Dorman. People are speaking Sorry, apparently nonsense gibberish. Oh, I feel like an asshole. Hmm. Is this Thanks is for... a Shadow of Colossus? This is Shadow of the Colossus. Yes. Thanks for always doing this to us, Michael, making us seem bad at this. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay, the no, mu- no. The music, I was like, man, that is very epic yeah. music. But yes, okay. Now, this, this is another great example of like... Well, okay, so technically you're not alone because there is a girl that's asleep in the temple when you start mm-hmm. the game that the whole or dead. As yeah. it were. You're trying and, to you're trying to revive her. And, this and also game. there are the colossi that you have to ride across very long, empty stretches of vividly beautiful landscape to find. Right, but, but they're empty. That's the point. There's nothing. There's not even little critters around. Yeah. It's like just you, the colossi, Dorman, and her, and your horse. And, yes. and I love the the sound design in this game. Uh, this is from the, the PS4 remake, but just the fact that, like, this is at the very beginning of the game, calling your horse, mounting him, and riding him out of the temple and into the wilderness, and you can hear the transition just in the, the, the sound of the air pressure. I'll go. There he is holding up the sword to find where he should go. It just, yeah, like just riding across the landscape, no music. Just did, did I hear the sword beam sound? Did, of like when yeah. you hold your sword, sort of how it reflects the light in the yeah. direction your you need Your sword to is hit. a compass. It will, like, you focus the beam from it to tell you which direction to go in next. L- little known fact Otto is that game's language for roach. Hmm. So, <laughs> well, it's, it's aggro, not. but right. but yeah, um, and and it's it. I think it maybe makes the isolation a little more palpable, or maybe a little less, in that he never really feels like he's under your direct control. Like you're sort of mm-hmm. steering him a little bit, and you know, kicking him to uh, to get him to go, but. Uh, He's a, he's his own horse, ultimately. which they they took to to great lengths in the next game that they did mm. of uh, the the last God what am I missing the last remnant what's it uh, called last guardian last guardian I just kept wanting to call it Trico but yeah where where you could you couldn't Trico was like a cat yeah. <laughs> you could not a giant not cat that you can yeah. you can incentivize but not exactly control right yeah but Shadow of the Colossus so the two words that come to mind immediately are desolation and melancholy melancholy mm-hmm. got used in like every review like if you didn't use that word you weren't reviewing it right son yeah. uh, but uh yeah just just the experience of getting into these huge wide open plains and these dense forests and mountains and these vaguely eerie landscapes that are so pretty and mostly devoid of any sort of life it's just, it's like walking out into a national park and hearing quiet 
for the first time, like real quiet. Like there's there's no distant traffic. There's nothing. It's just soundless, and you can hear the silence. And you're you're just kind of blazing a path through this, trying to find these ancient monsters so you can climb around on them and stab them to death. <laughs> and you are very far from any sort of civilization or settlement or help. It's just you, your sword, your horse, and the monsters. Yep. Yeah, and you think with the, such huge creatures, you would be able to hear them because there's no other noises, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So you'd think you'd be able to hear them from miles away, and you really yeah. can't until you kind of confront them in their little mini boss arena areas. Mm -hmm. And they're, I think they're kind of dormant until you get close to them. Oh, okay. They well, sort of that just, would explain it. Some of them are walking around. A lot of them are just like, yeah, they don't spring to life until you get close. And, and if you try to go to where, a, you know, a Colossus will be if you're replaying the game, like they won't show up most of the time. Like they're hiding somewhere. So you mm. have to you have to defeat them in order. Right, right. Which, yeah, that's kind of all there is to do. I, 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 on the, the re-release version, the remaster version, like, yeah, I was, I was trying to beat it in a certain time because it's like once you've beaten it, it's it's pretty linear. And so mm -hmm. it's just like, okay, let's see how fast I can do this and not waste any time and not worry about lizards. Because yeah. I mean, there's there are critters, the little lizards. Yeah, yeah, they're little lizards that you can eat to improve your your grip strength. Yep. And uh, so that's that's definitely worth hunting down. But uh, for the most part, like this game is a boss rush with a massive, beautiful open world to explore. And the open world doesn't really need to be there, except that it helps promote this sense of just being lost in this world that's so much bigger than you are and that yeah. has had so much more happen to it than you can really comprehend. There's like all these structures that look like almost prehistoric and trying to I'm figure trying out like where did these come from i'm trying to remember i think there is a story reason you're out there alone it would, it's like you've been yeah banished because there are there are I other mean, people you, you, it's not that you're banished and and we're getting into spoiler territory yeah. here fair warning if you haven't played shadow of the colossus maybe skip ahead five minutes uh view you are actually a runaway you your uh sister lover whoever she is has either died or fallen into some sort of coma and so you take her body you take this your village's sacred sword which is this legendary blade that can seal away this this evil power and you ride out to these forbidden lands where no one is allowed to be which is the reason it's so empty and uh, you make a pact with this uh, sealed devil, Dorman, this this god, creature, whatever it is, that you will go out and do whatever it asks. And in mm -hmm. return, it will return uh, life to Mono, this girl that you've whose body you've taken. And you you sort of get the sense as you're going through the game that you're doing something very wrong. That like some of these things don't even fight back. It feels like. You know, to borrow a line from Princess Bride, shattering a stained glass window. Like, I've just destroyed something beautiful in pursuit of this this goal. Am I doing the right thing? And by the end of the game, it becomes very clear you are not. You are unsealing a demon that who, whose essence was stored in these, uh, was it like eight, ten colossi? And mm -hmm. and each one you kill releases some of that essence, and it infects you. Like, Wander, the main character, becomes more and more 
his clothing gets darker, his skin gets paler, he he kind of his posture is more stooped. It clearly takes a toll on him through the, throughout the course yeah. of the game. Right. And yeah. It looks like you've been absorbing that inky stuff that shoots out of the Colossi when you're uh-huh. in the stand. And it will always catch you. No matter how far you try to run, it will always yeah. catch up to you. Man, just, just a wonderfully creepy, uh, epic game. Uh, that, yeah, this this is another one to go back to our question of the week from last week that I keep returning to. Like, I, I could play this over and over. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think certainly more than, than Eco. Like, mm-hmm. there are other big, big you know, first really big entry yeah. is and like, this one is, is more playable. I feel like, and it's definitely much lonelier than eco. You don't have a princess to drag around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. And you don't have shadow, little shadow enemies to fight off most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Chris, any thoughts on this one? I got lost. What happened? Yeah. I, I still, I, I swear to Christ, I'll hold up your sword. I have not finished this game and I have not had it spoiled for me yet. So I tend to oh, back off. Of these yeah. numbers. All right. Okay. All right. And isn't it free right now? Uh, uh, yeah, I actually, like it, I think it is on PlayStation be, Plus. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so go so, play it. Yeah, go play it. God damn it, it's really good. I love this game. I don't have the time because when you work from home, it only means uh, I can do more things now that everyone else is home. Mm-hmm. But it's not that long. Um, that's the that's the beauty of it. Is even is it? even first playthrough maybe ten hours. Maybe? Yeah, it's on PS Plus right now. If you're a yeah. PS Plus oh, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, but boom. You want to talk about games that are about isolation? You got to talk about. times like these, we should all keep it close and tight. That goes for couriers, too. Otherwise, we'll just make the same mistakes. Republics, federations, coalitions, states, connecting all kinds of people together. It's just asking for trouble. Sorry, it's been a while since I last talked to anyone. That is an actual recorded interview with Hideo Kojima, creator of what game? Death Stranding. Boy, that little speech is hitting really close to home right about now. <laughs> yeah, I'm really fucking pissed at myself for I only recently picked this up and started playing it, and it is one of the weirdest, most beautiful. I like this more than any Metal Gear game I have ever played. Wow. For real. That's high pressure. Only, only because the the weirdness. Mm-hmm. The weirdness. Like, I never know what it's about to do. It's so weird. It is, but also we're living in some pretty weird times. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. is, it, is it that far-fetched to be like, well... It certainly know. doesn't it's, feel it's, it's far-fetched like, it, now. It's, not a, it's easier to embrace drastic change in apocalyptic fiction, <laughs> given what we're we're dealing with right now and and there's some obviously yeah there are some weird things there like poop and pee bombs but then there's mm-hmm. also like the reason you heard there like why you are so isolated or why people have chosen to isolate is like in this universe or in that game's universe it's like when someone dies there can be a chain reaction where they basically become nuclear bombs mm-hmm. you know and so it's like well we have to stay away from these other people we don't we don't want to be around like when this stuff happened like it's basically something like if if you die a certain way and you don't take the corpse to us to that that center where you burn it, like the corpse basically converts into a nuclear bomb, and they ex- they explain it all, but I still don't really get it with how the beach relates to it and how the BDs mm. and all this st- or the I, well, I don't know. so the beaches are these liminal lim like they're they're basically your your own personal <laughs> limbo where your soul yeah. goes to or your your ka because they figured out like oh the ancient Egyptians were actually right about what happens to us when we die, so. Your your soul goes to this beach until it's ready to move on to whatever's next. And it moves on by walking out into the ocean. 
And uh, you are playing as a character who is a, a courier. His his job is just to deliver things through the this big open wasteland. Sam Porter Bridges. Yeah, bring them to people in these little isolated shelters, which feels really real right now. <laughs> now that we yeah. can't leave our the, houses. Those are some of the only guys that are that are out and about moving where I am. Uh-huh. It's just it's it's delivery people. Yeah. But uh he's you know, it's it's a Kojima game, so he has to be a reluctant hero. That's all you need to go forth and reconnect the world. To make us whole again. I'm a porter. I don't care about connecting anything. Or making knots. But I'll do what I have to. So, the connecting part. You are also yeah. turning on everyone's internet connection, basically. Yeah, real hot tip, by the way. Um, Don't call your... Don't tell your UPS person not to turn into a mule. You're going to get blank stares on that one. Take mm-hmm. it from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have fun delivering. Don't become a mule. What the fuck? Yeah. What What are you, what are you saying to me? You, you had to play the was, game to get it. Yeah. But those, are, me, those are the guys that basically get addicted to... The good feeling from doing things. They, they get addicted to the dopamine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but they don't and, actually and... deliver anything. They just hoard packages. Well, that, well eventually, no, they, 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 they hoard packages, but then they re-deliver stuff because of the dopamine hit they get from it. Mm. And it's so, so they just like keep, it's like master, masturbatory. It's like, no, I'm going to keep <laughs> delivering this package. That feels amazing. And meanwhile, I'm like, just give me my goddamn copy of Animal Crossing, freak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, no, you found it scattered somewhere in the field and uh, has to be transferred through several other players before it'll reach you. Right. I, well, I had to do some CQC on, on the mm-hmm. guy to take my, my package from them. That's how it works. That's mm-hmm. how this works. Yeah. Yeah. So Sam's job is to not only get out there and deliver packages, but in delivering them, earn the trust of all these rugged survivalists and get them to uh, agree to rejoin this chiral network and ultimately to rejoin the United Cities of America. Um, it's like we're bringing America back online one household at a time. And um, Sam is kind of uniquely suited to this this life because, um, yeah, it is extremely dangerous out in the wilderness of Death Stranding. Uh, it's very pretty, but there are a lot of slopes and treacherous terrain that you can climb up mm-hmm. and fall down and lose all the packages that you'd carefully stacked on your back and they get damaged yeah. and you have to go he can, he can plaster all the flyers for norman reedus's ride anywhere he wants <laughs> coming no, no that's only AMC. only on toilet doors yeah only that's when he only... takes a shit specifically so that the the revving motorcycle noise covers up the sound of him pooping uh, i only mentioned because i had to google it like is this real yep Oh, oh my no, God, it, is. it is. But the reason he's uniquely suited for it, there's there's a few reasons, Mike. I, I think you're mm-hmm. about to get to, Michael. Well, right? I'm, I'm about to get to this one specifically. Oh, what's the other mark from? A clinging woman in a cave. Hmm, I see. Affenfossomphobia. No wonder you were out there alone, where no one could touch you. So, affenfossomphobia is fear of intimacy. Yeah. And in Sam's case, it manifests in physical ways, that, like he... He doesn't like getting close to anyone. He really hates being touched. And if anyone does touch him on his skin, it will often leave a mark. So it's yeah, like so a the, literal allergy to other people. The guy being tasked with connecting other people can never truly get intimate and, and connect with anyone on a personal mm-hmm. level. Yeah. Oh, irony. I, but the I, other reason he's uniquely suited, because the environment, in addition to being a dangerous environment, 
is full of these BT things where Sam has the ability, I forget what the name for it is, but he can kind of come back from from the dead. Yeah, right? he's a um, a repatriate. That's what yes. it is. That he, yes. he can repatriate into his body from well, once he dies. Um, and somehow that heals all of his wounds just when his soul finds its way back into the body. And uh, yeah, he can he can detect the the BTs, the beached things that hover around and are mostly invisible. But he he can only do that because of the the fetus in a jar that he carries around on his chest. But because yeah. he's a repatriate, he can his blood is like a crucial component in getting these things to go away and be dispelled. In order to kill a BT boss, you have to be able to shoot blood bullets at it and uh, in a pinch you can also throw a grenade made out of your own pee or poop which will get the the things to go away as like, george albert so rightly said on a previous show it's like yeah they just get grossed out like even in mm-hmm. death pee and poop grosses you out and you're like ew right. i'm yeah. going away yeah. now Absolutely. it works in jail too by the way <laughs> works everywhere mm-hmm. um but even though uh sam seems to interact directly with other people at various points here's another part where the isolation comes in Do as I ask, and I promise it will all make sense. Why don't you do it? Because I'm not really here. (sighs) Apologies. This is just a chirogram. And here come the tears. Allergic reaction to the chiral transmission. I'm actually over in the isolation ward in the big triangle building. So... Chiral Graham's basically yeah, yeah, just give a shout out to how good Guillermo del Toro is in this role. Yeah, he really, he's really him. good. I didn't even know he could act. Me neither. Yeah, but he's he's really good. And then that moment is uh, he's he's demonstrating that he's only a chiral gram or hologram by walking through Sam. And it, it took me a minute to realize, like, oh, so he's walking through Sam's chiral gram on the other end, and he has an allergic reaction to it, and that's why he starts crying, mm. and that's why. Like, especially in the marketing image for this game, you saw a lot of, like, close-ups of people with, like, a single tear rolling down their face. It's the allergy. Exactly. I think everybody has it, so you see it pretty often, and it it's well, just seems to lend emotional weight to whatever moment they're in. But it's also, like, so it's sort of outside the scope of our discussion here, but the chiral network, to, to put it, all it basically is is they've found a way to tap into the beach, like we talked about, yeah. like which is basically, like, limbo, and... Because time stands still there, you basically are able to run like endless computing cycles there that in real time it's just like it's like you it's like a computer's been thinking for thousands of years and so that's that's where they're drawing their energy from. Yeah. It's it's from death, basically. It's sort of like the hell energy in Doom, except yeah, yeah we've we've found out how to use the afterlife as a uh computing format (sighs) now you've done it michael now you've invoked some kind of weird doom mod for this game (laughs) yeah (laughs) well you already (laughs) suffer from dooms whatever that is some some sort of disease that lets people do extraordinary things like carry around (laughs) uh these cupid things that will re uh reconnect the chiral network but yeah um, if, if any of these acronyms sound dumb um Yes, they are dumb when you're yeah. playing it as well. Yeah, yeah. That's not just us. Blame, blame Kojima. Um, yeah. But the this is us ending on a hopeful note because... Dude, everything in this game is less dumb than everything <laughs> in Metal Gear. <laughs> sure. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's no, all... no, it's fine. But it, it's it's dumb, but in a fun way. And in a way that... Can I tell you my... Like, okay, so uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people... I didn't know Laser Time was being prescient when we did... Uh, con- 
a pandemic episode a few months ago, mm-hmm. but it's on the network. Okay. Um, but one of my favorite virus movies, and it's not really a virus movie, but uh, is Twelve Monkeys. Mm. Yeah. And the yeah. beginning is Bruce Willis like living underground in a world where horrible things have already happened to four billion people. Can and, I give and, Diana a quick plug about that? So what's up? She created a, this chart where if it's like. It's a list of all the post-apocalyptic movies, and mm-hmm. and Twelve Monkeys is in there. Pandemic, where basically pandemic movies specifically. Pandemic, but it's 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 like a flow chart of like, okay, what movie are you watching? It's like, is Brad Pitt in it? And oh, then one yes. of the options is, is he helping? Mm-hmm. Yes. Then that's that's World War Z is, and if it's no, then it's Twelve Monkeys. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> but if you remember in the beginning, um, everyone's living underground to, to stay away from the virus, and Bruce Willis is a. You're living in a prison, and all of a sudden they call your number and like, "Hey, man, you volunteered. Wake up!" I'm like, I volunteered. Like, yeah, they called your number. Now you're a volunteer, and they send you out into, into this viral, ruined world. And that t- Death Stranding to me, I've always wanted to play a game like that, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's what Death Stranding reminds me of. Mm-hmm. You're one of the few people because you, whatever. I, I hate my mom, and I don't have anything left to lose. That you you're willing to brave the end of the world while everybody else lives in shelters yeah and i love that about it i, I always thought that was the, the opening of that movie is the greatest part huh. um so yeah to me like i get 12 monkeys vibes which is one of the greatest movies probably the greatest terry gilliam movie ever made and i hate saying that because uh, i love time bandits and baron munchausen hmm. but uh it, it, it's fantastic and death stranding i'm sorry i never got to talk to you guys when you were all playing death stranding i no. had to wait a while well you, you weren't um, playing it when we were playing it. That was i know problem. i know but luckily there's still some people socializing yeah. on there so it's, it's so it's well, going okay. we'll talk soon because i actually i'm going back to play it that brings I'm, us to the next thing which it. is that you know when i said we're ending on a, a hopeful note with death stranding as our number one because this is a game about isolation but it's also a game about why you need to overcome isolation Bridging. at any cost, because the, ultimately like, yeah, being on your own is fun, but when you reconnect someone to the chiral network, it also connects you to the chiral network in that area. And the chiral network in a gameplay sense connects you to every other player of the game. Yeah. And you can see the structures that they've built. And I will say that there is nothing quite like trudging endlessly through this rocky ass desert and finally exhausted, like depositing the payload at the end, making your delivery and you've worn through all your boots, your feet are bloody. You've put on these weird shoe shaped reeds or weeds that grow for some reason. (laughs) And there was one point where I'd done that, turned it on and I just let Sam sit down and sleep for a little while while I went and did something else. And then I came back to the game and I got up and I turned around and there was all this stuff that had been put put there by me turning on the chiral network. There was a shelter for him to sleep in. There were motorbikes littered all over the place. There were bridges. There were ropes. It was so cool. Yeah. And, and just like getting that feeling of being connected to other players this feeling that we're all in this together if we all pull together we can get through this is so liberating and so important i think especially in our current moment yeah that we 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 need to kind of embrace that idea that like you know we can we can survive on our own but only together can we thrive 
Yes. Right. No, that's a great point, Michael. I'm, I'm really glad you chose to kind of end on that note because that's the point I was about to make, which is like the other the other point that's sort of related is that they utilize technology in that game where, where there are times where they can't physically be together because mm-hmm. of certain things and the danger posed there. And, and, and so they've come to rely on technology and social connections where it's, it's, it's always been the promise of social media of like, Oh, this is supposed to reconnect people and, and you're going to stay in touch and all this stuff. And so take all the positives from that stuff. Cause that's, that's kind of what we all need right now. You know, we have, one of the silver linings I hope we come out of this whole thing with is like companies will realize like, oh, wow, people can work remotely really well and be productive. And then maybe that gives them more time with their families and cuts mm-hmm. down on commute and cuts down on greenhouse gas emissions and all kinds of things where yeah, you don't Maybe always... the reason we only have we have a 40 hour work week is because we had to argue people down from slavery. <laughs> and like and we, we don't actually need 40 hours to get what we need done done. Yeah. Well, yeah, it used so to just, be like, well, I guess we'll give you time off on Sunday for church services, but then it's back to work. Well, you it's and your it's, children on Saturday and never before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, in this time, I, I highly encourage people, if you are feeling alone or isolated, there's not. Yes, you can't go visit someone physically. Don't do that. But no one, nothing's stopping you from picking up a phone, from reaching out via the, the messengers, you know, texting someone. Just right. do that because that's bo- we have so many tools to talk to, to each other. To both of your points, like I'm in constant discussion with all of you, but nothing compares to talking to you guys here. And like even Sam, who lives near me, we see each other all the time. It, it's just that like I'd only been texting him when we talked on the phone today. I'm like, we don't, we do this like once a year, and we're like best friends. Uh, like, yeah, just hadn't really talked to him on the phone yet um yeah talking on the phone i know younger folks don't do it and i don't either um it, it helps it, it helps. does it does the, i mean and it's so funny since since i started doing this there are so many people i've just developed digital friendships with like online friendships and so like tl i've never met tl in person we host a fucking show together you know what i mean we we mm-hmm. became he friends hosted last and, week's tyler perry's shonda rhymes power hour <laughs> that's right dude we've we've become friends all through these digital means and those those aren't going away so so let's use yeah. those while we can and and don't feel alone and play games like this and and yes these games a lot of them will show you like there there's sometimes hope and or if anything a lot of the ones that maybe are on our list that feel depressing because you're alone i think that's the point is it's meant to be like well this is what happens when you don't have any social connection so mm-hmm. try try to maintain and foster those. Yeah. what we're really saying is call your parents kids and uh, if when you get a package, be sure to say a delivery. Great, always happy to get one. Let me tell you, <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, it's been true since we were kids. Like, how excited were you when you used to get mail as a kid? Mm. I'm fine with that, but I'm also like, dude, don't ring my doorbell. That'll freak me out. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave it. Just leave Just it. Leave it. Just leave it. Leave it. Soon, I'm going to install. I, I believe like, that is now their their. Their mandate. Like, no, no, no physical contact. Thank you. I got to figure out how to install like automatic Lysol sprayer so that after they leave it, I can just like fumigate my porch and then pick something Dude, up. Dude, apparently that shit can live on cardboard for uh, less than a day. Oh, great. Careful. <laughs> Good to know. It's fine. Handle it's everything fine. with uh, gloves. Wash your hands. I, I think, I think, I think, um, and I'm not talking like not young people, but I think, you know, you, you, t- you take. I don't want a world where we all work from home remotely. I don't think no. that's good. I think uh, what makes things good is people being around one another and 
really feeling one another and like uh and like in like reading a facial expression and and li- and responding to an emotion personally things that don't happen over mass media and and, and I've seen just a few friends I wouldn't say go crazy but like yeah like they didn't realize oh this is the thing I need like to yeah. be around other people no I, I agree with you mm-hmm. I don't I don't want this to be the future exclusively but what I'm saying is <clears throat> we have know, we you... have a lot of ways to to communicate with each other now and and while we have to do it this way like let's use let's use the resources we have and then yes it it does make you appreciate so that when we are able to go back and and have more of those face-to-face uh connections and contact is like hey appreciate it you know yeah and like i just imagine i i work from home making uh stupid dick and fart jokes about star wars and and i imagine the business world out there a bunch of people trying to fuck one another over but no it's really more about like like personal connections and I think we've all had little moments that like remind us that like on a person to person level, every stranger we meet is kind of a fun experience. And, and, Mm. and we've, we, I think we've kind of closed ourselves off to that to some extent in person. And now that we're, we're denied that, um, yeah, it's showing us a a cool part about us all, but, but like, I'm sorry, I'm trying to like piggyback on Michael's positive sentiment. (laughs) Uh, but but I, I just, I just have, uh, the utmost positivity towards people, Groups get scary, but individually people rule hmm. all the time. All the time. Yes. Everyone's everyone's cool all the time in every situation I've ever been in. I am white and filled with money though. <laughs> just filled with no, not no, carrying but, a bunch of like you swallow it? What? No, You're a pinata no, full of no, cash. But, 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 but the more you force your side out your yourself out, outside of your comfort zone like i don't know the more you end up learning about your world and like we talk about this in terms of video games and, and i think death strandings are really uh, a good example of that like and, and just feeling like a little bridge to humanity like i've just been um i've spent a little time delivering things to people who need things and uh meeting people i wouldn't have met otherwise and um it's been illuminating and and like really fun uh not a lot of anecdotes to share necessarily, but like, I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those things I'm seriously missing and I can't wait to see you guys again. And, and we, we were talking about on 30, 2010, it's the 10th anniversary of PAX East. And I think most of us can agree. It's, it's our favorite place to meet who, who in any other world before 10 years ago would have been complete strangers, but we all know one another already when we get there. You know why I can't wait to see you, Chris? Why is that? So I can give you a big 40th birthday hug. Guess what? Guess what time oh, it is? Oh, is it 40th birthday? <laughs> Happy Michael, shall we? Yeah. Happy oh. birthday to you. Best Happy birthday to you. So copyrighted. Happy birthday, dear Christopher. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> and in the little sting my mother always puts on it, and it sucks. All the monkeys in the zoo give their best regards to you. Happy birthday to you. kind of wishing we would have gone with this is your birthday song it isn't very long you're the birthday you're the birthday you're the birthday that's a laser time topic for another time but when the birthday song got copywritten and that (laughs) happened in our lifetime yeah by evil people every single uh corporate outdoor venture had to create their own birthday song (laughs) <laughs> so can we please close out with a Disneyland birthday song? It makes me so happy. It rules. It's what Disneyland like immediately like fuck your birthday song. This one's better and they're right. It's 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 like 5 minutes long too. I want to play the whole thing. I'm no, just kidding. Mm-hmm. But uh but it's fucking excellent. 
Yeah. Uh, birthday. All right. I'm 40 now. You can officially call me old. <sighs> uh, you're right. Oh, when I'm birthday wrong. is a doodly doo. Doodly doo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's our top five. On that note, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some Neo 2. Some thoughts about the new consoles that just got revealed. How about that? Bunch of stuff coming to you soon right after this. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. This is all your fault. Hit him up at mb.2k. <laughs> if you have to. James James Lipton died this week. Scrum Trelescent. <laughs> in a world before podcast, James Lipton came out and, and interviewed actors for an hour. Yeah. Like, let's remember, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey's on The Tonight Show. He's my favorite actor ever. Seven minutes. Mm. With a commercial break. That's all you get. An yeah. hour with these people with audience Q&A from... Younger people, they're all fucking stupid, mostly stupid actor questions. Yeah. But, like, it was more revealing. It was, I did watch it on occasion. Uh, my favorite moment, there was a, I remember watching a best of clip, and it was like, what's your favorite dirty word? And, like, yeah, Jason big... Robards, he was just like, uh, I only heard this twice during the war. And schmagma. <laughs> <laughs> Schmegma, and I still to this day don't know if it's Schmegma or Schmagma because uh, Jason Robard said it on Bravo in the 90s. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. All right, welcome back to our final segment where we are very excited to get into this week's big crop of exciting and up to the second... See that? I found a new way to do our running joke. Neo 2 came out last <laughs> week, but I have been playing a bunch of it. And, and it's pretty good. Um, you know, I, I played bad. it and I went back. It's pretty nice. <laughs> played it, went back and played the original Neo. They are shockingly similar games. Yeah. Like to the point where I think other than like the button you hit to switch weapons is different. But other than that, it feels exactly the same. Uh, it's like a Dark Souls, like Samurai Dark Souls plus uh, heavy loot game. Like, you will constantly get loot for, like, every other enemy you kill. And it can be a little intimidating trying to figure out, all right, is this Quirus better than the one that I'm wearing? Are these Greaves better? Is this a better sword than the one I have? 
And, uh, but I will say it's a little bit more interesting right off the bat, uh, because it starts you off fighting against yokai, these like little demonic creatures. Yeah, the guys that are in the watches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you will eventually work your way up from fighting yokai to fighting bandits, and then a mixture of the two, and you apparently have some sort of yokai blood in you, where if you go into the spirit world, you grow horns, and you can do this transformation where you, you turn into like a... This, this big Oni demonic version of yourself. And uh, unlike the first game that cast you as an actual historical guy, well, based loosely on an actual historical guy, this one is just a, it gives you a character creator at the very beginning. Uh, it might be the only game I've played where, mild spoilers, the narrator gets murdered halfway through setting up the backstory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like, awesome. and this sword was passed down to... <laughs> my abdomen yeah. <laughs> and uh and, and yeah so you know you don't really know much about your character's origins other than the, you you make them and you apparently don't talk but you hunt demons and uh yeah it's 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 fun it's a little bit more forgiving i think than the first neo uh like i was able to get further but it's still very punishing. Uh, there are some like really intimidating fights early on. It does that Dark Souls thing where like the natural path that you're following will lead you straight into a fight for which you are not equipped for and way underpowered. So you have to like just dart around this big enemy and actually like oh go back this way and find this other door and now you've opened this path that you're supposed to go through. And uh, yeah, it's a little little bit tough, but hang in there. And you'll get through it, and uh, it can be pretty rewarding when you do. Does it have the same structure as the last game where it's not necessarily like a giant open world map that links together like Souls, where it's more like there's areas and yeah. missions that you go on? There, in the there's areas? large areas, and then there's an, like an overworld map where you can select, like, I want to go do, do this mission in this area and this or this side mission in this different area. Stuff like that. I actually prefer that structure. I think that's pretty cool how they do that because it mm-hmm. it feels more like a guided experience, you know. Whereas mm-hmm. I guess the whole point of Souls is you're, there's no guidance whatsoever, it's, you know. Mm-hmm. But but I kind of like that. It's like no, here's the stuff you're supposed to be doing in this smaller, more digestible area. Yeah, Neo is one of those games that I feel like too many people slept on. I'm so glad it's getting a sequel, and it's like just different enough from Souls where it can just kind of keep doing its own niche thing and we'll mm-hmm. still i hopefully have an audience yeah yeah that's absolutely. so cool but yeah I, I enjoy it so far i'll play more of it um there are some games coming out this week that i have not played on the same day oh my god on friday doom eternal that's obviously a huge one everyone's super excited for this i pre-ordered that's the it one on i'm PC. most excited for i i've yelled it a billion times i loved doom mm-hmm. so much got stupidly lost during a poorly designed thingy-majig, and I just hear this one's a little harder. I'm like, that's all I needed. Doom was an easy game. Hmm. Uh, and I did. I, I, I got stuck on like a, a level environment sure. puzzle horseshit yeah, thing, not yeah. not on a boss or anything like that. Mm-hmm. No, I, for yeah. me, Doom 1 was like, you really, it took a little while, but once they gave you the skills where it's like your melees would give you 
either ammo or energy, you know, where you could kind of like just link your attacks all together. Like that's really what that game became. But I do feel like you didn't get that stuff until at least the second level might have been the third level. But, and so I remember playing like the original Doom when it first came out and just playing through that first level and being like, eh, this is okay, you know? And then I went back to it later and once that stuff opened up, I was like, oh shit, this is what this game is. And then this one is, apparently even adds more stuff to it. Like there's, there's all kinds of, uh, environment traversal options and, and just cool shit and tools available to you. So, well, as long as I get to rip and tear until it is done, then uh, we're good. Indeed. Yeah. And and then I'll go and ping pong between this and Animal Crossing New Horizons, which uh, <laughs> looks very exciting. You get to go Look. off onto your own deserted island, so this would have been a, a good game to talk about isolation, maybe. Except you're never isolated in an Animal Crossing game. It's all about the social well, links you're forming with these some, animals. No, I'm, Bug Island or some mm-hmm. shit. The game opens with Rover introducing you to your town, so no, it's not mm-hmm. not that isolated. But still, like I I I resent all the time. I resent the time I spent playing Animal Crossing the same way I resent the time I spent rewatching reruns of the MTV's The Real World and watching the show Heroes. It is <laughs> it is substanceless nonsense that mm-hmm. I don't really like like it's cute and pleasant but like it's not fun or like rewarding really. Uh, to you, to hold on, hold on, hold on, dude. I, I put in fucking like fifty hours of last Animal Crossing. Mm. Like I, I wasn't, I, I'm, I'm not immune to it's. It's. I just don't feel good about it when I'm done. And and like, what the fuck am I doing? Trying to sell all these bells and shit to buy a thing like that's like what I'm avoiding in the real world. Why am I doing this? But I think so that's I, that's, that's what, what makes, I like about it is like, whereas the real world, there's always problems and and bumps in the road where it's like no in animal crossing i can feel very productive and see my efforts paying off and it's mm-hmm. it's just like an idealized version of life you know that's what dude I'm, but what like where are these QAnon people who want to make up r- rumors that tom hanks is a pedophile make up a rule that nintendo created coronavirus because all the stuff you do in animal crossing are things i can't do right now <laughs> and might not be able to do yeah. in a month i can't i can't go breathe in my neighbor's face yeah, <laughs> I can't cough on a child. Talk to a realtor. Buy furniture, like uh, financially and like <laughs> yeah. just legally. I will never be able to do that for the next two months. Holy shit, Animal Crossing! Did you hit at the right time? A life simulator when life is shut down. It is hitting yeah. at the perfect time. I cannot wait. Cannot yeah. wait. I will say I don't regret the time that I spent on Animal Crossing New Leaf. I am kind of glad I never got into turnip trading because that sounds like some real shit. That's always been part of the games that it's just like you, you can choose to engage or not. I, I always have chosen not to engage. Yeah, Animal Animal Crossing's always been like a like a very very pleasant uh, capitalist wonderland <laughs> that they disguise with like mm-hmm. pleasant animals and amazing music, and, and I just. No, no, I want to a- accomplish actual things. If I if I want to fucking add a carpet to my house, I should get the Star Wars show up and try and make it happen. <laughs> but I don't want a carpet. Sorry. I want health insurance and to pay my taxes, which have been delayed. Oh, no. oh coronavirus, you miracle. Hmm. Well, that's good. Um, <laughs> what else? Exit the Gungeon came out on uh, PC and Switch, previously yes. uh, exclusive to Apple Arcade on yes. iOS. Which which I played at the time and didn't 
didn't enjoy because of the the constraints of the iOS controls. And so mm-hmm. as someone who really loved Enter the Gungeon, I'm so excited that... You know you can use regular controllers with that, right? You could, you could. Mm-hmm. But I, I, yeah, I don't I don't want to say like this is the real version of that game like because, you know, it's fine, I guess, on, on arcade. But this to me feels like something I will be able to sink more time into and actually engage with, so... Yeah, but what the fuck? Is, is this full side-scroller or, like, uh, not side-scroller, but, like, not a top-down game anymore? It's side-view. Yeah, it is side-view. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's still it's still a bullet hell side-view game. It's yeah. it's adorable. It's adorable fucking bombastic game. Well, and the guns, the guns do funny gameplay. shit. It's, it's like everything that, like, Borderlands 3 was promising with the gun variety and stuff like that. Enter the Gungeon was also doing already, and then Exit the Dungeon. Exit the Gungeon does a little bit, too. But it's funnier. I think it's funnier. No, I just wish some other uh, Apple Arcade exclusives would come to Switch and PC and other platforms like Oceanhorn 2. Like, why don't we have that? It's Look, Ocean one of the Horn closest on things to it. Because I have no nowhere else to talk about this. Did, did you guys watch the Better Call Saul premiere? No. Yeah. So I did, and, the, and it opens with like, Welcome to my world. Won't you come on in? And like the first commercial break that Apple Arcade, so like, did you know this and played the same song as in the opening of Better Call Saul? Huh. I'd never seen the commercial before. That's weird. And but now the Better Call Saul premieres a distant memory, and that Apple commercial is on everything I have. And like, <laughs> dude, I fucking hate this song. Please stop. Please stop. It, Too bad. And it is it is legitimately very cool to see all these games singing this forgotten fucking. 1950s standard hmm. welcome to my world but i i want a playable or, or a console ocean horn too just because it's like this is the closest thing to breath of the wild uh, like a breath of the wild clone that's out there right now well, Wind and, Waker. and it's not great on my phone yeah or on my mac yeah i thought they they hit the wii u it's not on switch well ocean horn one was on switch it is on switch okay. and, yeah but and they're very different consoles. games yeah Two, two is more like a Breath of the Wild clone. One is like this top-down, sort of Zelda-inspired thing, but old-school Zelda. Yeah. I, I, I would guess, when we, like things like Exit the Gungeon, we're starting to see, I guess, how the exclusive arrangements were working for Apple Arcade. So it's like, okay, well now... Yeah, I guess has it been six months since that launched? Because maybe maybe this was a six-month exclusivity, and, and that's why Exit the Gungeon's coming out? Maybe, maybe... Yeah, that's typically you know stuff works like that. It'll it'll be numbers like that, like six months, uh, a year, mm-hmm. something like that. So, I would imagine you will see Oceanhorn Tune eventually on other platforms. Yeah. Also, uh, something called Malb the Show mm-hmm. Twenty. Yeah, Malb the Show. <laughs> Malb. Um, this is hey, look, Michael. This is the only baseball people are going to get. All right, if you want to play baseball, <laughs> I guess maybe there's that ribby baseball. Mm-hmm. Ribby, uh, but the, no, MLB The Show 20 uh, uh, came out this week, out so get your baseball fix the only way you can. I mean, you mean just because there's only one baseball game or that baseball's also canceled? Uh, both. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are those smaller baseball games. I think I just saw an ad today on my Xbox for, for some new RBI game. So. Hmm. Right. Yep. Um, yeah, this game is the best in town. I, I, it God, is? Look, just give mm-hmm. me money and I'll say whatever you want. I'm I'm anxious to see with the, when those new stories will come to fruition. Like if this is going to be the version that they will release on other platforms and what that looks like. So for now, it it is exclusive to PS4, but who knows how long that will be? Especially right. uh, if MLB is not able to make money with games themselves. I'm wondering if they're going to say, "Hey guys, could you um, get 
get those out there to get some revenue going for us? Mm. Could be. Mm. Could Who be. knows? I have I have no insider knowledge of anything there, though. That's pure <laughs> speculation. Well, we do have some outsider knowledge of stuff that we'll explore in... The PlayStation 5 Deep Dive today, uh, brought to you by Dana Carvey, um, who was the presenter of that show. It was really weird that they got Dana Carvey, though. I it was Mark Cerny. Oh, oh. oh it could have <laughs> fooled me. Even um, though it looked like Dana Carvey doing a Bob Ross impression. <laughs> Mark Cerny, creator of Marble Madness yeah. and Knack. Yeah. Mark Cerny's a fucking genius. I, I do not want to cast any aspersions on that. Yeah, I, I've never seen... A, like, I, I put this shit on... Uh, as we were like just hanging out outside waiting for the fucking house to cool down and these are weird times i'm bundled up uh, right now it's freezing here you're waiting and for and, and, and 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 like i was like oh i'm sorry baby i am legit bored by this i was gonna say this is not the kind of thing you put on in the background <laughs> yeah it's the closest the ps5 has come to like revealing its hand and like Dude, this is like legit boring, and even like parsing through the data, I don't know what any of this means. So, so what Michael and I were discussing off off mic is like this. I think was intended to be their GDC speech, and so it was it was mm-hmm. meant to be a tech presentation for developers. Yeah, it was definitely geared more toward developers. There were a few, a, a lot of that stuff just went straight over my head. But but I think what happened is like they. They they did market it to consumers because they put out like a broad Sony announcement like, hey, tune in for this reveal. And did you guys see the PS4 Pro version when they did this with Cerny last time? No. Because if you watch yes. that, like this was very similar. This is what he does. He goes up and he gives these like tech presentations and it's like it's over most people's head. And, I, and the problem is like you need sizzle with that steak. And and even at the beginning of the speech, I knew it was like, oh, my God, we're in for a, for a long hour. He goes, yeah, we're going to show you all the games at a later date. And I'm like, OK, I'm out. See ya. Like, cause- yeah, I, I even scrubbed through it like there's not there wasn't gameplay of any kind nor any kind of announcements. And that's usually fine. I, I, I'm saying this as someone who's excited about the new console generation. But like the stuff they're talking about now, I mean, when consoles came out, like, ah, we can have more polygons and, and, and shadows and. Uh, <laughs> more color and like I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I don't know how teraflops well I, I, relate. I, I got some some important takeaways from watching. What's this. up? Um, the biggest is like the biggest thing for I think both of these consoles is like the SSDs, the yes. the NVMe uh, flash drives that are yeah. in there, and the way that Cerny broke it down was kind of interesting, saying that like okay f- uh, SSDs work completely different. They have a completely different architecture from hard drives. So with hard mm. drives, you have to like replicate all this data so that it can be read on in different sectors. You have to, um, uh, for example, when you download a patch, you should just be able to change these two files. But because of the way that hard drives work, you have to download a whole new file that makes room for those files Whereas uh, an, the SSD, the way that it works, it will be like this Like this asset only has to exist in one place uh, that can be accessed immediately at any time. Yeah. Uh, the, you, you will be able to make room for these two files. Download sizes will be much smaller, uh, well, at least with patches. Um, yes. Loading speeds will be much, much faster. 
and to the point where uh, the SSD takes so much of the load that would normally be dumped into RAM because it, it has like a, like, what was it, like five or six gigabytes per second read speed that uh, you don't insane. need to fill, all, like, fill up your RAM with all this stuff. So it's like, we, we have like 16 gigs of RAM. We don't really need more because it's not going to be pushed to capacity. Uh, Michael, I believe you're referring to the IO throughput, which is 5.5 gigabytes per second raw. And oh, then it's typically sure. 8, 8 to 9 uh, compressed. Yeah, correct I me. Do, I have I a do, layman's <laughs> understanding of this stuff. I do so. want. I do want to say. I I do get that. Like I I have uh, my production. The production PC is running off like a 500 gig solid state from like several years ago, mm-hmm. and I've been spoiled because it is night and day when that thing restarts compared to my other PCs. Like it is, it is almost iPhone speeds of when they restart. It's funny though, like because like. What Chris was saying is so true before because a lot of the stuff that came out of this, I love seeing like IGN and GameSpot tripping over themselves to report on things like 8x Zen 2 cores at 3.5 gigahertz. And there's it's just a, it's a wall of numbers right. that no one's going to understand. They, fire, they fired all their PC-centric staff and no one is there to make sense but of it. It's, <laughs> but, but, but Michael is right. Like the, the better approach is more just look at like the big takeaways and, and yes, Cerny was really leaving on the SS, leaning on the SSD and he was promising stuff like you're going to be able to boot games in under a second. No more load screens. It it opens up all kinds of weird design options for games. In, in, in the X, like the people were bringing up again, the Xbox, um, the suspended state of multiple games yes. is insane. Yes, that's insane. Like even my even my current iPhone can't handle that. Really. Yeah. Well, real quick, I, the way I want to kind of structure this because I have some Xbox things. So let's oh, get through the stuff about Sony first, and then Xbox, and we'll talk a little bit about how people are already comparing them and why it's so stupid to try to compare numbers. Right. So. On the, on the PS5 front, so the, the, the solid-state drive is, is one big takeaway he wanted people to come away with. The other one is 3D audio is, like, something they're really mm. pushing. Yeah, that sounded interesting. Like, he was talking about, like, we might have a little game that uh, tunes the audio specifically to your ears. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and But even until they get there, he's talking about, like, even on TV speakers, the, right now the, the best place you're going to experience that is going to be in headphones when you play games. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Uh, get some good headphones and then they did reveal their backwards compatibility plans which they hadn't really talked about much there and it sounds like their approach is really similar to what xbox did this generation of they basically have identified like the 100 most played ps4 titles and those will all be playable and ready at launch and then they will gradually roll in new ps4 games that will work on the ps5 Mm mm-hmm yeah, I, well, the the Xbox Series X, like they were pushing backwards compatibility really hard, and then I think when they finally detailed them a week or two ago, I, I was honestly slightly disappointed because, like, I I was expecting like, oh man, you're gonna everything's gonna be playable on this thing. I can throw away all my old Xboxes, and they said like, well, no, cool your jets. What we're gonna do is basically like, you know, what your Xbox One can do now. Mm-hmm. Everything that can play on your Xbox One now will be playable on Xbox Series X. So like, yeah. The the uh, sort of games that have been adapted for backwards compatibility. So no Jaws Unleashed. That's no, what you were no Jaws Unleashed. As far as I know, no. and that sort of relates to something else Michael and I were discussing earlier, which is external storage and how it will work with what we think is both systems. Where it's like, mm-hmm. right now I have an external hard drive hooked up to my Xbox One. Anything that's like installed on that, I should be able to plug into my Series X and then it will play those games off that hard drive and the PS5 should work the same way where it'll it'll play the older games off the externals. But because 
of the way the the internal solid state drives are used for new games, you will not be able to play PS5 and Xbox Series X games off of external drives, only the internal yeah. drives or yeah. on the Microsoft side there's there's a like non-solid state drives. You will not be able to play your PS5. But you'll be able to store them there and then put them on as long as they're on internal or on the Xbox side they they actually showed off these like proprietary chip drives that, that, that go in a special expansion yeah. so slot. So w- what, what it is, is they both use uh, NVMe or M2 SSDs as expansions. Mm-hmm. The difference is that the PS5 will just let you buy your own off the shelf and install it, but they're not sure which ones are going to be compatible yet or which ones right. will fit. Meanwhile, uh, Xbox's solution is going to be like we're offering proprietary ones that are in this special casing. So, But but inside, it's just like an NVMe drive. And so it, it sounds a lot like what they did in the 360 generation where like PS3, get any laptop hard drive and install it. 360, it's a laptop hard drive, but it's in a proprietary enclosure with special yeah. code so that it'll only work with 360 and you can't Read just plug more in expensive. your own. Yes, exactly. No, I mean, I, I read that a little differently because it's not PS Vita in that over... It's not that again. It's just that like the these consoles' biggest selling point is the solid state hard drive mm-hmm. for real. I, that's what's going to set this generation right. Apart. And like and even now, like I I, forget, I put this solid state thing in in in, in twenty twelve, and it made my computer run amazingly. Mm-hmm. And like this is only now reaching consoles. Well, but these are these are even better versions right. of solid. It's like an it's a new proprietary version of solid right. state that's faster than what you can get in a PC, is my understanding. Mm-hmm. Right, and I fucking hate like uh, like. Right now, my Xbox One has one game suspended, and if I open two other apps, like that suspension is over. Yeah. They will not fucking mm-hmm. adhere to that. Uh, it, it, yeah, that game is not suspended or easily executable. That will not work. Yeah. Uh, I I, lo- I do think that's a good idea and something I would I would spend money on. But like, I, I do get their their hardware dilemma because like I don't know what they're talking about with these solid state hard drives, and to guarantee that it, it, it can do what they're promising because I don't know what else they're promising other than like ray tracing and teraflops which oh, doesn't really sound. make a ton of sense to me but again like I've been doing this for years and I've never I've never been so mystified by what is supposedly new about this new generation or what I mean I'm, I'm fascinated reading about it like getting educated on it um, but I am ignorant to what the new consoles are offering but I am again to their 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 hard drive play, I know what those do. I know how much that improves the performance of of my PC and how much they'll improve the performance of those consoles. So those things are already expensive, for real. And I have to imagine, like, I don't know, even Microsoft with its, like, official external hard drive was always kind of in parity with the SRP of other hard drives. Does that make sense? Yeah, it was always a little bit more expensive. But yeah. It never went on sale, but it was always like the Seagate four gig is this much, and this one's pretty close, and it's green, and that's the only real difference. Mm-hmm. But uh, but also that like uh, uh, proprietary slots. I think the idea that like uh, um, they don't want you to assume you can go out there and buy an external hard drive and plug it into a USB port, which is guaranteed to be on this thing, and have it work at the same speed because it will not. Right. There's right. no SATA drive. Uh, I think Microsoft has a pri- pri- uh, proprietary drive. It's late, and I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Am I, am I making any sense here? Like, I, I get it. Like, if you want this thing to 
be the next gen, it has to run very fast. And a lot of this yeah. shit isn't readily available on market. Yep. At the moment. No, and so so that's a good good transition into kind of like the comparison. So so Microsoft came out with, with a few things as well, in addition to talking about those proprietary drives, which again it's like I was trying to think with Michael like the scenario where you would need one of those because you will have your internal drive and then you can use regular USB external drives for storage. So like if it's like, well, I want to keep this game downloaded because yeah. it's massive. But if you don't want to wait to transfer the game to your internal storage so you can play it, well, like you can expand your internal storage I, I guess. with these proprietary drives. I mean, one terabyte is honestly not that much. Like you yeah, can store quite a few the, the games fucking, there, but it's the gonna eight hundred gigabytes out. of the PS Five. Like yeah. um, the, the new Call of Duty is a hundred gigs, a hundred gigs. Yeah, right. That's, that's one that's, tenth that's, of a terabyte. Sure, sure. Yeah, and that's that's you have less than a terabyte on the PS Five. That's the point I was trying to make, though. Is like, yes, you will have to wait for a file to transfer, but it's like people. I think when they they see proprietary drive and they know oh, that means expensive, like it's nothing mm-hmm. you will need. It's a convenience thing, you yeah. Know? But sure. it's it's and and it's a thing where you can technically then take that to a buddy's house because they said it'll you can it's easy to to put in and out of the system. So it's like oh well, I I downloaded this game because we all know how long downloads take. And the thing with bandwidth is mm-hmm. that's not changing anytime soon. So it's like oh I, here I have that. 200 gig game because they will be huge uh here it's on this thing i'm just going to bring it to your house instead and you can play it so i guess that's a benefit but what i want to talk about is like so some of the other kind of xbox announcements that that was a big one but they they finally kind of listed in detail the specs and i don't want to compare the the numbers are meaningless like chris was saying because it's like well it's super just a whole bunch of letters and numbers will throw at you on paper though the people who know what they're doing like digital foundry they are saying technically on paper, Microsoft system is more powerful. But the big caveat, and this is always the case with consoles, because they're designed where parts are proprietary and meant to work together, they, we don't really know how that will play out in reality. But technically right. on paper, Microsoft's technically doing more flops. Mm-hmm. Yes. Significantly more flops. And much more floppy. But but like the, the thing I was reading about like trying to make sense of is that the PS4 five will be able to convey more data faster even with less power like like a bigger pipeline that will funnel data faster from this uh, uh solid state hard drive mm-hmm. seriously like it, it, it yes i don't i don't know how that makes sense to me right now it has it has twice the io throughput of the xbox series yeah but xbox compensates in other places and that's why it's stupid to play the numbers game because it's like one is higher in one place one is the other and at the end of the day what i want to know is well which one can run god of war 2 that's the one i want to be playing on you know it's it's going to come down to people's personal tastes in games which one will play halo infinite well that's then then your xbox yeah at the end of the day, what I'm saying is like the games, content are king, but we're also living in this weird world where it's like, well, Sony's putting stuff out on other platforms, so maybe that's not even going to be the deciding factor. Who knows? I mean, I I think it really might come around to like, dude, I I can't remember the last time I did this other than the Saturn. The Saturn said when the 64 launched, here are three of our biggest games for free when you have the system. What do you think? that? I think these systems are going to launch with pack-ins that will you would never believe for the first time uh, I in would like be very 20 years. surprised if the, they had pack-ins. The, yeah, I don't think it'll uh, have I, No, but it'll, they'll be like downloads. 
Or, but seriously, what if what if what if what if Microsoft offered you a year of Game Pass? That's what it will have. It's services. Mm. It yeah. won't be a yeah, year, yeah, yeah. but they'll they'll give you that free taste. And that's the thing where like people when they're comparing, like Microsoft is right now looking like the winner, but it's not about the power in the box itself. It's the service layer. Like that's they have Game Pass, and that thing is awesome. Yeah, I I think technologically Microsoft has like Im- improved everything about itself mm. as a service. Whereas Sony, like, if you just think about the launch of the PS4, was like, we're we're exactly like every console you've ever played before, and we're not different, uh, and we have yeah yeah you can play a game on this that you buy at the store, and like, well, that's not really a thing anymore, is it? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not it's not the most chief among our our important factors. Will I be able to play my game at my friend's house? Like, I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> if, if, what I don't give friends? a fuck. About what house? Right. I haven't been over to a friend's house in weeks. Like, yeah. <laughs> look, I'm going to play this next to my that? burning trash can just like everyone else. <laughs> Yes, I turned over a shopping cart, set a fire, and made my own barbecue grill and all the raccoons I will dine on. Well, that's that's kind of yeah, the story we're not mentioning, which is like, hey, this these everything they've announced is great in theory. Supply chains are disrupted right now. Uh, no one I think Microsoft at first people thought they they'd announced the release date as Thanksgiving and then they retracted that saying, No, that that was a mistake. And so no one knows they're currently just both just saying holiday 2020, but we're all yeah, just these like, things well, are all see. manufactured in, 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 in not only China, but Mexico, but everybody has been disrupted. And I, I think that the only thing I saw definitively was like Square was Square Enix was like, uh, we don't know if Final Fantasy seven will physically be able to get to you. Yeah, I, I by think, April, I think this is. Man, if if the death nail wasn't already going for physical discs, it's like this stuff like this is is only going to hurt that more because it's one of those things where once you start buying digitally, it's really tough to go back. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, right. oh my god, that was so convenient. convenient. I'm just going to always do that, especially with preloading and all. If, if you know you're going to pre-order a game, which you never should, uh, but <laughs> but preloading a game like it's addictive, man. Especially if you're on the West Coast where you're like, oh, it's nine o'clock and I got I got the East Coast midnight game. Yeah, yeah. So it's also like, hey, I I don't want to be doom and gloomy, but like this this stuff going on right now, a lot of people speculate is going to put us in a pretty bad recession. And so, is this the best year to be releasing brand new consoles? Like, ugh, we'll yeah. see. I, I don't know. I, f- I feel like this presentation was like, we promise you information, we gave it to you, we didn't make it very tasty, or we didn't give you a Mary Poppins spoonful of sugar with mm-hmm. this. It wasn't fun to watch as a gamer, yeah. but we, we gave you what we told you. Like, Maybe we might have to wait. We really might. I just, I don't know what they're waiting for. Like, so when Cerny was like, oh yeah, we're going to show the games at some later date. I'm like, what date was that? Is that supposed to be? Is that supposed to be when E3 was going to happen? Like, why wait at this point? I mean, obviously you have to wait till trailers are ready and stuff like that. You guys might know more about that than me. But like when I was working on the publisher side, like the China lead time was pretty significant. If, If those people are shut down I can't remember exactly what it was. It's well, I can tell you, it's it's what the gold master date is. So when you have your gold master candidate, it's six to eight weeks before a, game, a physical game launches. The reason it's so long is that's how long it takes to print up discs in China usually and ship them over here. Right, but if you miss those dates, like getting back on schedule with that, in in addition to everything else, China is behind in. I don't know if anything anything physical with plastic in it will meet its release date 
from here on out, period. Well, I think that's why they have not gone on record with the actual dates for either of these. Is they're, they're currently saying holiday, but they might change it, and people will understand. Like, that's one of the beauties of this whole thing is everyone's so far been really understanding. Right. Like, it's like, yeah, this It's, sucks. again, the, the, the positivity of people. People are like, uh, fuck you. Oh, sorry. I get it. We're all inconvenienced right now. Take your time. Yeah. Um, yep. Sort your family stuff out. Yeah. It, it, it Like, again, there's a lot of good things to glean from people here. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think the console cycle has to be thrown for a loop. Because if I remember, like, Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year, which is like a, a kind of sort of a two-week to one-month holiday, depending on where you are in China. Yeah, it's very That would disrupt manufacturing for America up to a year. Yeah, people plan around it because it's like, well, yeah, and people aren't going to be around to work on stuff. And right. you do have to plan around it. Yeah, for sure. Right. If you didn't get these approved and over there and they're not being printed before Chinese New Year, you're fucked. You're not going to make this fiscal year. Well, it's a bit like here with, with our Christmas holiday. Businesses shut down for two to three weeks, you know, so it's mm-hmm. it's it's not too dissimilar. So everything is made over in China. Who, by the way, are like, I believe, rebounding kind of amazingly from mm-hmm. whatever this virus yeah. situation is. Yeah, the, it, um, and, it's because they fucking stayed inside. Right, reduce and, and score one flat, for totalitarian government. Stay inside, please. Don't go away, or we'll shoot. Don't leave the house, or we'll shoot you. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. They have authoritarian governments that can force stuff like that. So it's it's yes. Uh, and I, I I am loving this. Like the only thing that's changed about the podcast, in my opinion, I am drunk and rambly, but Matt is like uh, delivering the news, like he's delivering a bedtime story to his kids because he can't <laughs> wake them up. Um, I can't be that true. loud. True. Yes, I'm, I'm I know. I know. I'm not calling you out. I'm just saying I appreciate. it. It's a difference. Michael, did you have anything else to say about the, the announcements? No, I think the Xbox has bigger numbers, so it's a better console. No, no. And I win all the schoolyard wars. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna let this I'm not gonna let this I'm not gonna let this go. We have a question of the week decided already. Based on the numbers, what system would any would either of you buy first? It's not about the numbers for me. Based on the Game Pass service, that I want an Xbox Series X. Yeah, I think that's what I was going to do, too. Hmm. I mean, you know, based on my priorities, I'm going to buy both. <laughs> well, sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, it, it'll, I'll, I'm looking forward to see how those numbers translate into actual performance. There's no, there's no world where you're, like, remember, the last time these consoles released, both of them were unavailable for at like Microsoft Xbox for at least a week and it, that was an unpopular price point uh, and bundle and was still unavailable for over a week so pick one hmm. which one do you do Michael which one hmm. Hmm. I don't know pick one and, and, and again there's no announcements for like and at this point there should be announcements for consoles coming out in seven months what games are coming out on those uh, or, yeah. or like an exclusive of some kind. We only have a few, and there's a not few per platform. That's true. That's true. No, no, there's no, there's no launch games. Yeah, there for holiday 2020. No, uh, there's that uh, Godfall game for PS5. All right, um, I will Google Godfall. Well, I think, and I think what Halo they said Infinite, is, I mean, there, there are going to be launch games. There's not going to be any exclusive launch games. Right, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. But I, I think it might be. Like, I, I don't know if, like, if you buy the Xbox Series X version, is that going to be backwards compatible? Will it work on your Xbox One? Yeah. yeah. That was that whole, that was that whole smart home party. delivery they, they promised. Is it's Or smart delivery, whatever they call it. Where it's, yeah. it's like if you if buy... It's first party, and I, and I would gamble if someone's bothering to launch on Xbox Jesus, Series X, Microsoft will help them out and have that 
well, but have a smart delivery That might have been the week you were gone, Michael, because then it is an opt-in for third-party publishers because CD Projekt Red had to go on record and say they would be doing that for Cyberpunk. Whereas hmm. Microsoft said for, for first-party titles, they will use that feature. Um, and then I think it's opt-in for everybody else. Okay. Yeah, they're promising a new Halo that has no screen, not so much as the logo or a screenshot. Um, obviously isn't hitting at launch date. If it did, that would be like, I think we should throw a party. I think it will. I think, I think they, it could. They're coming I wouldn't be surprised at this point. Meanwhile, in Nintendo land, they had an announcement that unfortunately, because of kind of what's going on, I feel like got overshadowed and no one really talked about it. It's, it's not quite a video game and it's not quite a toy. It's, it's this weird blending of both. It's the Lego Super Mario playset. Which is yeah. like it's like an interactive Super Mario level. Do you guys? It see this? is. It is the coolest thing Lego has done. Do you remember their Steven Spielberg director series? No, no. Where they had a little camera you could like plug in, plug into the computer and like like film your Legos. It, this is. It was a thing that was ex- existed. wasn't terribly popular, but like was definitely the 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 definition of like this is the future. This is a new toy. Neat. That is neat, and this this thing, I love every everything about it except how ugly Mario looks. Well, yeah, he's he's way bigger than your typical Lego minifig. He's he's uh-huh. like this big thing where he has like an integrated LCD screen uh-huh. that like and somebody on Twitter pointed out. It's like how long do you figure until somebody can run Doom on it? We're <laughs> <laughs> playing Doom through Mario's eyelids. Yeah. That's the future Nintendo never wanted. Yeah, he also. Yeah, you're right. He also has those creepy Teddy, new Teddy Ruxpin eyes, the 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 LED eyes or whatever. But the, yeah, so the characters are pretty big. Mario has this built-in screen that can show you like how many coins you're collecting, and it's basically like a playset where Mario can like jump on Goombas, not to be confused with Goombas, uh, Koopa Troopas, and Yoshi and Bowser, and and it's kind of like you just build classic Mario levels and then interact with stuff where it's like if you go on a pipe, it's going to make the pipe noise, and it's got like classic Mario music. So it's it's I love it because it's it's like real life Mario Maker. It's like here, make a Mario level. It is, but like let's be clear, this is a Mario Maker tool for people under five. What's to stop me from jumping my Mario from square one to, to the end? Right. It's like, he can uh, fly I'll, now. I'll tell you what, a $200 price point for a three-point Mario level. Yeah. That's, what's going, so that's what's going to happen. This thing is going to be ungodly it's expensive. It's going to be pretty expensive. It's Lego. Uh, it, it, just because it's Lego, like it, the nature of Lego. And no Lego has ever had LED screens yeah. in its face and body before. Uh, this is going to be bad, and this is gonna, I think this is going to be fail huge. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, Sorry, is that, is that negative? If, if you look at the average price of any Lego set, I'm like, how does any of that sell? And they seem to be doing right. this fine. Well, but but this is this is more than that. And there is a little part of me, even when I saw like, have you ever seen like a, a Hulk or Thanos in Lego sets? Like, fuck, they built a new Lego model. Hmm. Uh, these are bigger, yeah, and weirder. Um, and this is the weirdest one of all. It won't interact with anything else you have. Hmm. Uh, and, 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 you know, I don't know. I'm not a kid. I like to, I, I, I buy Legos the same way people buy, like, Robotech models. I want to put this one thing together, and I'm not going to fucking stick them with other sets. I'm just going to build the Joker mobile and be happy. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and, and, and this, there's no way, no way this is less than $200 for the 
barest minimum of a physical Mario level. Probably. You're probably right. We don't know, though. Yeah. So, And then the kind of last thing, it's not really news, but I figure people who are at home could use some games to play right about now. And so this is kind of cool. Steam is it just launched the Spring Game Festival, which lets you demo 50 playable demos for free of upcoming indie titles. So these are things that would have appeared in like the Indie Mega Booth, The Mix, Day of the Devs, Wings. There, it's just a bunch of, of demos for indie games on Steam, which I guess the hope is, hey, if you like this thing, you'll buy it when it does come out. I, I picked a few that I'm looking forward to trying out. So um, first of all, Skatebird, you know that title people saw for the I Switch where it's like it. skateboarding. So that looks really cute and fun. Can't wait to try that out. And then the other one, I had to kind of do some research. So there's a Jay and Silent Bob brawler that is, it's called like the Mall Brawl. It is not chronic blunt punch which was that fig one of the first games on fig but what it is is it's tied to the fig kickstarter thing where it's not kickstarter but you know that that thing the crowd crowd, thing it's it's an 8-bit supplemental retro game sort of like bloodstained curse of the moon which has like similar gameplay to what the final game will have but it's just 8-bit retro style and so it's like sure why not you know i'll play it for free Right, I sure. just I can't imagine liking Jay and Silent Bob more than I already do, <laughs> and I am not interested. <laughs> it, well, the, the cool thing about this is like it's free demo. I guess this game it backers will get the whole thing for free. It was also offered by Limited Run Games as a like kind of one of those retro carts that they do. <laughs> so yeah, this this to me I'm like hey, I doubt I will buy the Jay and Silent Bob game when it comes out, but I'll play the free demo thing. Why not? Yeah. Well, I'll say as long as you're looking for free games, uh, I've seen a lot of indie developers uh, posting their games for free over at itch.io. Oh, itch.io. So, yeah, 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 yeah. itch.io. So go go take a look, and maybe you'll you'll find something for free that you like. Um, nice. Yeah, it, it's all about like hooking you up in these dark times, offering you an egg in these trying times. Oh, and last bit of so these games aren't free, but these games. Feel free if you if you're a Game Pass subscriber. Uh, some new games were just announced coming to the service. So, some relatively new new games as well. So the Surge Two is is going to be arriving on March 19th. As is a game Kona. I don't know what Kona is actually. And then Ace Combat Seven Sky uh, Skies Unknown is coming uh, to Game Pass. And then on the 24th, Bleeding Edge. And then on the 26th, Chris, your ears might perk up for this. Power Rangers Battle for the Grid. That Power Rangers fighting game is coming to Game Pass. Ooh. Uh, PC players can expect all the same games, except for instead of Kona, they're going to get um, Astrologaster uh, is coming. That here. sounds awful. There's a couple <laughs> games leading the service, so if you haven't played these yet and you want to, you might want to hurry up and play them. So um, Borderlands, The Handsome Collection, City Skylines, Golf Club 2, Lego Worlds, Operencia, that's Chris Baker's game, um, and Vamp- Vampire. Are leaving the service, and then on PC side, Kingsway Battle Chef Brigade. I remember you guys streamed that game, Chris. I love um, that game. And Orwell, keeping an eye on you, uh, are leaving that service soon. I think this month. So play those while you still can, and then look forward to playing the other games. Because hey, you got a lot of time to play games. And that gentleman is all the news that is fit to play. Well, that brings us to the community segment, which is always this segmenting, segmenting our, our community. community. Socially distancing our community. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Last week's question of the week, as you might remember, was what game or series from your childhood do you find yourself coming back to again and again on VigiGameApocalypse.com? Hey, buddy, you got to slow your car down and let me in, says... <laughs> 
The video game I keep coming back to is Super Mario Bros. 3. I've played it multiple times on anything that has power. I've recently discovered that the Wii U Game Boy Advance port has the e-reader levels included. Oh, shit. So it's like a new SMB 3.5 game that I what didn't know fuck? existed. Really? Why is this the first time I'm hearing about this from, hey, buddy, you got a slow your card on so I, <laughs> I, like, I know. Why? Uh, they didn't publicize that. Well, it's really rad and kind of feels like a Mario Maker level, but good. No. Having the cape in <laughs> Super Mario Brothers 3 is really cool, and mixing in other elements from Super Mario Brothers 2, like pulling veggies, is kind of foreshadowing of what was to come. Hopefully, this doesn't stay stuck on the Wii U. Holy shit. Goddamn. Wow. Dude, so funny. funnily enough, I was um, trying to organize my home office space, and I was kind of digging through things, and I stumbled upon my e-reader cards, which are like in mint condition, because I oh, never, never Th- used them. Those are huge them, collectibles, and, yeah, found, found some of those yeah. like level I, cards. I used them once to play Donkey Kong, and it's just like, this is not worth it. This is taking way all. too goddamn long. I But I found a lot of the Animal Crossing cards, which I remember I bought packs, and mm. those were yeah. cool, because you would get exclusive furniture and stuff or even some of the NES games in this is OG original Animal Crossing you know GameCube Maddie take my advice hold on to those and send one of your girls to 30 seconds of college Um, (laughs) 30 seconds of college is my favorite band from the mid 2000s right (laughs) 30 seconds of college to Mars Um, Cold Pie says the game from my childhood that I frequently go back to is MC Kids or I think it's Mick Kids how do you pronounce it It, it, it's at Uh, McDonald's it's difficult to it's it's based on a clothing brand that McDonald's had in oh, Sears. Right. So, um, uh, and it was MC Kids. I I don't remember the dots being there, but it, they were capitalized. Anyway, so so Colby goes on to say, set aside the classic angry video game nerd video. It's actually a really great late NES platformer. Unlike Mario, your goal in each level isn't just to get to the end. You also need to explore the level and find hidden pickups in order to unlock the next world. The game even has a secret world you can unlock by finding all of the secret pickups spread throughout the whole game. It's a really great kind of hidden gem on the platform check it out what what was it like there there was that weird sequel on genesis global gladiators where it's like now we're cleaning up pollution as if mcdonald's isn't a huge culprit there um but whatever and uh uh say say urkel (laughs) um Did he say this? Can I yes. Do that? Uh, uh, for me, it's Mario Kart. There's something magical about Mario Kart 64. It seems to be the only one that everyone in my age group can just pick up and play. I, I wish there was an equivalent uh, of a Mario Kart Ultimate, i.e., everything is here, or mod a go kart to play uh, Black Fort in VR. <laughs> I, like, I, I, if you've never heard me say this, I was the one championing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe as being a game of the gener- this generation. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I've never, I, I never had Mario 64 ever. Funnily enough, I was watching reruns of The Sopranos because uh, it was fe- been featured on 302010. He's playing that, and it's so funny. It's so funny how many times they refer to it in season one of The Sopranos. It's all about Mario Kart 64. <laughs> Mario and uh, oh, when Tony it's covers right, his Mario. eyes, what are you doing? Ah, you're not even throwing out the green turtle shell. Ah, what a fucking bitch, <laughs> my son. This is what I got. Uh, I can't believe you I, fucking blue shelled me. You're going down. No, you're dead, AJ. You're uh, dead. The, the, I think Mario six. I know exactly how Mario sixty four informed the series. All that's evident in Mario Kart eight deluxe. Mm-hmm. So no offense to you wanting to play Mario Kart sixty four. Like Mario Kart carries everything with it. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. wonderful disease. Play eight. Play eight. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, at TF Waffleman says, in general, I don't replay games, but the game I have spent the longest between repeated playthroughs is probably Metroid Prime, which came out when I was 11, and I have played through, I think, four times. It may be my favorite game of all time. I have Man. never finished it, and if you... Uh, you never heard uh, Sammy is not the biggest game guy, but uh, he's been on the show a bunch, and like that's his favorite game. Mm-hmm. He's bought platforms to play Metroid Prime again. Yeah, actually, now that you mention it, I don't think I've finished it either. I think I got really? to the final boss and uh, gave up, went on to other things for some reason. Wow! Right. Um, but I, I don't remember fighting the Metroid Prime at the end. But I, that was also the game that killed my GameCube because I was playing it so obsessively, and I had my GameCube in like this entertainment center and this little unventilated space and it overheated so badly oh, that no. it died wow that's it's tough to kill a gamecube too mm-hmm. those things yeah are i had to, that was the first time i had to send something back for repairs it was not the last wow. uh from the facebook uh brian stafford says definitely legend of zelda i played each of the official titles multiple times throughout my life and have beaten all except Triforce Heroes. Can't blame you, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever the original game comes out on a new platform, I make it a point to beat the original quest without dying on every system. If I'm feeling saucy, I'll even beat the second quest as well. If, if I can only bring this up here, I was lamb- like I always say like uh, if I could erase my memory and play Breath of the Wild again, mm-hmm. I would do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to play that again. I'm, I'm considering wiping my save and just starting over. But, like, without a, a two-platform Nintendo world, we've been a really long time without a Zelda game. And, uh, like, potentially the mm. longest ever. For real. Right, without any kind of a mo- uh, yeah, handheld. No portable, yeah, no portable option of any kind. And and I'm, I'm a little worried. And, and, and just, here's my world now. I have, I have a house. I moved into it. I was like, fuck, I, I, you know what? I was playing Breath of the Wild with my friend. I, I just want to play. I want to finish Ocarina of Time 3D for the 3DS. I could not find my 3DS anywhere mm. uh, because it's very easy to get lost if you move and aren't taking good care of it. And I, I, if you're not like me and lucky enough to have stolen many things from work that have 3DSs, <laughs> I did find one. <laughs> um, it's not one I'd like to play it on, but I'm, I'm going to. But like. Yeah, I was sort of shocked by the idea, like the, uh, I haven't had the option to play a, a Zelda game in three years. Hmm. Three wild. years. And there's there's no, there's no, where's the end of, of my Zelda drought in sight? It might be this year. We'll see. Zeldas are, are more uh, pre- uh, prevalent than Mario games. So like, uh, yeah, I, I'm just a little weirded out by that. I have a strong suspicion the new Zelda is this year. It's, hmm. Because um, it's. Yeah, it could be. It could be. But you know you know who loves physical games? Nintendo. And if yes. there's anyone who will cancel a, t- a game and they would never uh, the, like the thing I read about Square is like they might they might release Final Fantasy VII remastered digitally and then wait for the physical one. There's no way Nintendo would do that ever. Ever, ever, ever. Call me optimistic, but I kind of think since China has seemingly rebounded really well with all this and and number of new cases per day is down to like zero or one per day at this point, um, I think in terms of the production stuff, that will get scaled up by holiday. And I think on our side, as long as we figure out the supply chain issues of how to get it and distribute it out, I I think by holiday, all of that stuff will be going full As soon as we can figure out how to exploit slave labor to our 
maximum detriment. In it. <laughs> it's their maximum detriment. Never mind. Leave me alone. Never. Uh, Orlando on. Anya says, uh, Super Mario Brothers 3. About 15 years ago, I was talking to a buddy of mine when it came up that neither of us have ever beat every level in Mario 3. Mm. Same here, Orlando. Uh, we decided to change that. I, I, I dug out my old NES, and we got a case of beers, and we got to playing. It took us a whole night, but we finally did it. We beat every level. We had a, a blast doing it, and playing through the entire game made me realize that's my favorite in the series. So uh, now at least once a year, I beat the game in its entirety. Nice. <laughs> it, it is harder than Mario World, and I, I, I've, I've crowed about the superiority of Mario World, but it's harder, for yeah. sure. That's yeah. a feat, Orlandi. Yeah. Uh, Nick Turner says Mega Man X, or at least the first three on Super Nintendo. Every couple of years, I'll sit down and blast through the first game in two-ish hours and maybe follow up with the next two depending on time and then start four or five but lose interest about halfway through. I was really looking forward to the Mega Man X Legacy Collection, but I heard it just didn't get the same care as the original series collection and passed on it. I did pick up the Zero Collection and am having a great time with that. I did not hear any shit about the X, the X Collection. Sorry. Hmm. Uh, finally, we have a video response from Redrock963. Probably has a cat. Redrock963 and my buddy Murray and my buddy Zoro off camera, who's now on camera, trying to stay socially isolated and coronavirus-free on this Good for lazy weekend. Um, talking about games for the, from our childhood we like to go back to, I had a hard time answering this question because there's... I played a lot of games when I was a kid, but then I realized that there is one game that I think I have bought pretty much on every system it's been available for, and it's the first game I play in every compilation it comes out on, and it is Gunstar Heroes. Nice. Um, nice. This is my favorite Genesis game that's not a Sonic game. I, I, I know that's a caveat, but a woman of taste. I freaking love this game. Um, the colors, the music, the background, the graphics, the shooting, just, oh, this is my go-to Genesis game right here. I think I've played, um, every time a new Sega Genesis compilation comes out, I end up playing it start to finish, and it's usually the first thing I play start to finish, and I think it is one of the best-looking games on that system, uh, I mean, I also like playing through Sonic and Mario and stuff, too, but this is the one that I've probably played more than any other old-school game, period. Um, anyway, guys, look, Murray just knocked the tablet over. I oh, know. <laughs> I hope you stay safe and stay healthy in this coronavirus-ridden environment, and I shall talk to you guys soon. See ya. Thanks, RedRock963. Am I the only one who wants to give RedRock an award? She is... A billion percent right. Mm -hmm. I think objectively, this is the best Genesis game that was ever made. Hmm. And I didn't play it till the 360, so I'm sure I'm right. <laughs> it's probably, if not, it's right up there. I don't think I played it until, I want to say it came out as a WiiWare game. Mm -hmm. And now I can no longer play it because of that. Like maybe it maybe it was on well, Xbox it, Live it's, Arcade. It's a th like modern games are released every day that looks like Gunstar Heroes. No one's made a modern Sonic game, and not even Sega, because it's fucking not worth doing. Uh, th this is, she's right. Like this is one of the best, like sixteen-bit games that's ever been made, 
a lucky uh, Sega Genesis exclusive. Yeah, this is the best. I think I think somebody, one of you YouTubers, should do a case that this is the best Genesis game of all time, and you'd be right because I will I will throw Vector Man and Toe Jim and Earl into a giant fire in front of uh, Gunstar Heroes. Hoping it smiles just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but then I will morph into a werewolf or maybe a dragon or maybe a, a were bear and eat it up because Altered Beast is clearly right. the best Genesis game of all time. And, and then Matt will present a bad <laughs> arcade port in front of it and, <laughs> and do nothing. It'll be powerless in front of Gunstar Heroes. No, nah, you're right. Revenge of Shinobi, where you fight fake Batman and Spider Man mm-hmm. right back to back, is the it's best. A, it's a better case, I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Played the shit out of uh, it. So, new question of the week. Um,. So you've seen the the Xbox Series X reveal and the PlayStation 5 reveal, sort of. Based on what you've seen so far, gun to your head, you can only get one. Which is it? What about these things excites you the most? Which which one captures your imagination the most? I guess for me, um, that's it's really tough, actually. I like the flexibility of the PlayStation 5, and I know I'm I'm going to want those exclusives. I'm a little lured by the slightly higher numbers of the Xbox Series X, and I love the form factor, that, that weird, like, rectangular cylindrical thing where everything just gets vented out one vertical fan. But, um, yeah, I'm going to have to... I'm going to side with Sony, at least at first. Hmm. Did you see uh, IGN did that thing where they compared the Series X size to a banana and then the actual refrigerator, which the <laughs> official LTC would have gone ape shit over. No. Um, the problem is comparing stuff to a banana. Bananas is like the fruit that varies the most in size from from mm-hmm. fruit to fruit. It's it's like what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. Also, it's the fruit that uh, Raffi sang a song about being a phone. That's true. Ring, 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 Fine ring. Find my number. You'll hear it on my answering machine. <laughs> I still, I, I got to think Xbox seems most exciting at this hmm. point. All right. Uh, but, but again, that depends. But like, dude, we have never been this deep into a, a potentially new console cycle with no fucking exclusives announced. None. Zero. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Like Microsoft has even said, like there'll be a new Halo. You know it won't be at launch. It won't be. But it's the the exclusives in this are going to be like these games are also going to be available for Xbox One X. It's not that they will necessarily I I, also I, be I know, available but on like, PS5. The world we're living in, uh, I will starve myself for six months in order to have both consoles as soon as mm-hmm. possible. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have both. I know I am. I know I am. It's yeah. just a matter of like which one you'll pick up first, and for sure. me, it was just being able to find an Xbox One earlier than PS4. It took me until the Destiny bundle to get the PS4. Wow! Um, Look but, at this fucking but, guy changing the rules to his own question. No, 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 no. But like, uh, but we, you said the same thing. Content is king. You use your your horseshit marketing term. Uh, like it will be like, what is the coolest thing available on this system? And we don't know that yet. We don't. Mm. But but like given just the performance, like given the performance issues, uh, not performance, the performance specs, and the idea that like all of my shit transfers over with Xbox uh, Series X, and what transfers over for my PS4? What uh, if Everything. it's one of the hundred most played PS4 games? Should I bought digitally or should I have a disc for? No, I think I think it's digital too. Yeah, well, isn't I it, don't isn't know it that. Like you will be able to play all your PS4 games and then they'll determine further backward compatibility from there maybe maybe but like like 
that does factor out the new when you're buying this for a new, you know, the new factor, right? Like I, mm-hmm. it's going to play the same on on PS5 it, that it will on PS4. So that'll be interesting. Again, this will be like I, I can't. I keep saying that about the election. Like I've been alive for a long time. I've never seen anything like this and can't predict anything mm-hmm. uh, at all. Like. I've never had to think about that. How will my old games play on this new platform? I've never cared about that. <laughs> Only my dad has cared about that. Hmm. Will it play your old games? I don't know. Then why would we get it? So I'll make your old games useless. <laughs> just Who cares? The new games are so great. Why don't you? The new games are so great. I need them all. And like, we're not talking about that yet. We have no. We have nothing even in the conversation. Not one thing. Uh what games are we getting? But it is nice to think that I could potentially, like, I keep everything on external hard drives now. It would be nice to just be able to plug right. those straight into the new system and throw out the old one. Right. No, no, me too. Hmm. Me too. So, if I have to choose one, I will adhere to the rules of your question, Chris. If I had to go with one, I can't get the other. So, in the long run, I think the PS5, in terms of the exclusives, will deliver and, and have exclusive... So, so I forgot to put it in the news, but someone from Sony—I forget which which exec—was on record this week saying that they are kind of reaffirming a commitment to uh, narratives, you know, single-player type, you know, cinematic experience games, right? So, if you think about like games, their first-party stuff like Uncharted, you know, that'd be a great example of that. So, so all of that stuff is like, ooh, that speaks to me, but it's kind of like on apple like i am in the quote-unquote xbox ecosystem because right. of game I, i'm Pass. paying more into the xbox ecosystem every month than i am ps ps yeah. playstation sorry and so i think if i had to choose one even though i know like sony's gonna have some great exclusive games it's like well i think i'd rather pay my 10 to 15 dollars per month and get a big library of games i can always choose from versus waiting for two to maybe three exclusive games per year and buying those outright. So, yeah, I'm going to go Series X if I had to choose one. I want to say I'm not a fanboy. But, like, remember, you guys have been listening to this podcast for a while, If you, especially if you're at this point in the show. Uh, uh, Microsoft had the best media machine. Microsoft, my Xbox is my media machine. It plays my Netflix. It plays Sling, where Sony didn't, because Sony had a competing PS View thing and blocked out every other fucking streaming cable option, right? Mm-hmm. They just shuttered that. I have no idea if they have allowed other systems there. So my brain will be like, well, all my, like this shit all came to Xbox first. Conversely, uh, Xbox owns uh, like Team Ninja. Not Team Ninja. Oh, no, sorry. Not Ninja, Team Ninja. Theory. Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory. Uh, and, uh, Different ninja. But Sony, as an exclusive, has all of Japan! <laughs> Every Japanese game ever comes exclusively. The, the Japanese Scott game. Obsidian. Hello, rest, Western RPGs. I'm just saying, Sony has all of Japan on lock for exclusives. All of Japan, for real. Not not Square. Because when I think Japan, I think most of most of. I, we talked about square. that on our, our T3 games show. Like uh, that, 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 that Final Fantasy was an exclusive PlayStation product, and it was undeniable that they didn't release a 360 version. It took them another year to make that happen. And and that's the thing. Like Sony will nail the best Japanese exclusives from hardcore games that we know already. And Microsoft will come out with new things. They'll come out with bad Halos and, and worse gears and terrible crackdowns. Um, <laughs> Those have never existed. They have. No. Those everything I just said existed. No. 
It's never been they a bad did. Halo Gears or Crackdown. Especially no, not, not Crackdown I, I said 3, not the bad, best I said of all worse. possible Crackdowns. I said worse. Ah. And yes, there has been a bad Crackdown in no, 3. No, but, it's not. It's great. Fantastic. You saying you like Gears Judgment? No, I am not. All right. That's Michael. That's Michael That's waving it. the flag of Gears Judgment. I enjoyed it. I liked the uh, iOS game-like progression where you get three stars for finishing everything you're supposed to. I want only game starring Baird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Come see how I lost my hair. Play the Baird game. Yeah, I look like Simon Belmont from Captain N. We're Bairds. Bairds. <laughs> Kill him a bird when he was only three. I, I I was challenging you guys to that, having no idea myself. None. Zero. I have no idea. Uh, someone needs to... Like, seriously, if there's one good game, that's what we'll gear ourselves towards. You know what's going to put it over for me is if, if Microsoft does that thing they did this generation that they tested it like a pilot program. It's it's basically the, the phone model. If they do a thing where it's like, well, give us 30 bucks a month and you'll get your console and Game Pass... That'll mm. probably be the one I do. Mm. Right. Not having to go out of pocket five to $600 up front or whatever the hell these things are going to cost, which they won't announce. And that's what's crazy and unprecedented. We'll, we'll pick this via plans rather than exclusives. Hmm. Fucking yeah. nuts, right? It, it should, it, like, acknowledge it as nuts is all I'm asking. Uh, it'll be, it, this is going to be crazy. It's different. It's hmm. different for sure. It'll be different. All right, but hey, the, one of the good offshoots of this whole thing is nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, nothing I, I, nothing. I I sit exhausted with no pants every day and like mm-hmm. let life take over me. I'm like oh, I can't control any of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. All right. So which would you choose, Xbox Series X or PlayStation Five? Let us know. Go to VigiGameApocalypse.com. Answer under the comments for episode three hundred and fifty nine. Alternately, you can hit up. The official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer, or just ping us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse, and we will read the best answers on next week's show. But that's been this week's show, so let's call out some plugs. Chris, what do you got? Baby Doll, uh, Sick of Star Wars is coming soon to patreon.com slash laser time, a nine episode saga. And I say nine episode, we might have to split some of them because they've been very long. But where we talk about all of the Star Wars movies and whether or not we feel like being Star Wars fans again. Hmm. Uh, people from varying backgrounds, people who hate The Last Jedi, people who love The Last Jedi. Uh, if, if People who love the prequels and hate the prequels. That's what we're talking about in uh, nine episodes. As, as, as the fucking... Rise of the Skywalker comes comes at us uh, for home home. It's, sorry, it's it's the end of this forty years. We've ended the Star Wars saga, and who wasn't a little bit like really? That's the end of the sh- that's, that's the end of the show. That's the end of the Skywalker saga, which is what we're calling it now. Yeah, I don't. It's, I'm I'm just weirded out. I, I really would have rather have left dangling mystery rather than like mm-hmm. Disney telling me like, yeah, we bought it, made it all, it's closed now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we ended and, Star Wars. It's done. We did. No we more did. Star We made Wars. a ride, sold a bunch of shit. We yeah. think it's over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hope you like your Boba Fett triple prequels. But like, Hell yeah. But who, again, who's to say, is Star Wars that, like, like an examination of whether Star Wars is as important as it was in all of our lives. And it, I think the, the, the thesis before we even get there is that it really isn't. It's not, Star Wars isn't the only thing anymore. Hmm. 
it's 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 weird to talk about, and well, it gets us in, really in a way, angry. Rise of Skywalker being so bad sort of released us of all of our obligation to Star Wars. It did, and that's why I wanted to title it that. But like Adam disagreed, so I threw a question mark in the logo just because like um, I'm not not a Star Wars fan. I'm like I'm not either, but like I also don't care as much anymore. Hmm. Um, and and that's that's the ex- exploration and uh, bonus sign. This week we have a James Lipton wonderful episode. We're talking about traumatic childhood movies and how to fix your cats. And uh, hopefully, like I, I got someone to tell us what the front lines of other countries are with the. Imagine if you were thrown into a hotel-based prison based on the coronavirus. Uh, I haven't even seen that story on the real news. I might have one this week. Hmm. Um, and um, Sam and I should be talking about what what like I love the idea like not talking about like. Uh, all the meat in my town is gone, but like, what has happened to entertainment based on this weird pandemic? Hmm. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, uh, I think as of this recording, WrestleMania will happen <laughs> in, front in of an, an unattended house. fucking room. <laughs> yeah, over two nights. Over Good two Lord. nights. It's so crazy. The the worst so, one is is Stone Cold saying, "Can I get a hell yeah?" And it's just silence. No, I said, no one. Hell yeah! Silence. Everyone's hell sick. Yeah. What? What? No one's saying what? Oh god! Uh, it, it, this is wonderful. <laughs> it, Which I need. I need a mashup of that with Clint Eastwood talking to the chairs because you know how they kept panning to the empty chairs. <laughs> what? Why is no one saying? It's weird. Vince, come out and say what to my face. Oh, what, Steve? Although I did see someone put all of that stuff over Twin Peaks music, and it's like, oh. They just need a backing soundtrack. That like, dude should have won so a, much better. He should have won a Webby Award because it was just Vince McMahon and Twin Peaks music, and it makes everything makes sense now. It's wonderful. It, well, and then AEW tried a thing, I guess, where like they're trying to figure out, well, how do we make this sound exciting without audiences, and we can still get performers. So there's they're they're experimenting with the form. Hey, WrestleMania is over two days this year. Oddly enough, hmm. so we'll so, so long story short, like Laser Time is going to try and like everything's going to keep. Coming out, there are some weird hurdles that we're discovering as we go, as the rest of the world is too. And uh, but to come out with just the same content you're used to, with some more stuff for patrons, but also some freebies for people who just need entertainment. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't really want to profit off the fucking virus for fuck's sake. No. Um, but but nobody does. But like everyone's more available now. You know. Uh, as long as you don't mind remote recordings and all the foibles therein, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's more fun to be had. Uh, we can watch stuff together. I want to watch an Outbreak movie with you guys, specifically 1995's Outbreak. <laughs> uh, so I'll just say Pass. that. Yes. <laughs> I'm talking to the pilots and the bomber. All right. I really don't have much to plug other than Chris already started talking about wrestling, which of course is my chance to start talking about cheap podcast at Laser Time Network's unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling. It is that time of year. It is WrestleMania time, believe it or not. And uh, so TL and I, you can bet, are going to be doing some stuff about the show and even about kind of how wrestling has had to change with all of this. So so keep an eye out for that. That will come out around WrestleMania time. We'll be probably be doing a preview show and then a review show. And yeah, keep an eye out for for all of that and in the meantime uh, stay inside flatten the curve keep yourself safe follow me on the twitter at Maddie C. Allen don't get your relatives sick but also kill them before they vote and once again you can uh, listen to us more on the what, what's it called again the 302010 VGA bonus show crossover for patrons 302010 games edition games edition yes thank you every single month yeah for patrons go to 
patreon.com slash laser time for more information about how to download and listen to that. Anyway, it fucking rules. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or me personally at Wikiparis. That's been our show, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Wait, I thought edging was just when you don't come when you try to, to get as close to coming as you can. Oh, I thought it was I thought that was tantric shittiness. I thought it was just when like they, they fucking work your dick like a like Demi Moore and Ghost and, and, <laughs> and it never goes in the any of the preferred holes. Oh god, well let me look that up. I don't want to be <laughs> I don't I don't want to sound naive. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's getting seconds away from climax and stopping. It's the sting. The sting. Oh my method. bad. Okay. My bad. Yes. All right. Don't edit that out.